sees the advantage and keeps us away from him. Going for the underhook, there's got the right underhook in. He's in a good position. If he can just get a little space, he can step around that and lock him down. Need there in for Hoska. Trying to get him to push the corner again through the ropes. Oh, he fell right down to the mat, Frank. Oh, he hurt his back. He hurt his back. They just stopped the time. He fell on his back. I don't know if he's going to be able to continue, Frank. We felt that on, I mean, the, the, he hit the mat. We could feel it on our feet, and that's about what, 20 feet away from us? Yeah, easy. Yeah. If, if, it was a if it's thud. close. And it was loud as crap when we hit the ground. The doctor now just came across our broadcast booth, running over to Brandon. There he goes, he falls through there. Oh. Yeah, look, yeah, it did actually. Now we're looking at it. It looked like he fell through on his own. Some old school wrestling here, Frank. Yeah, this is WWE. Where's the referee? The pen count. He's trying to use the ropes on his advantage. Hey, everybody. You are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. Your source for all things related to Ryzen. News, reviews of fights, interviews, etc., etc. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin. And I'm joined once again by my co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. <laughs> and with us to review the Ryzen 14 New Year's Eve show, we've got with us Joseph Matos. Hey, how's it going, guys? And in, in absentia, we we have Teep to the Junk, who is unfortunately not here. He has been... Teep unfortunately, yeah, Teep, unfortunately, he was uh, tied up in a bathtub full of ice in a hotel room, and they're forcing him, and Chatri is forcing him to watch one championship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, On TNT. <laughs> uh, but uh, Focus Fights, Teep to the Junk will be joining us, I guess, eventually, soon, hopefully. Uh, but, uh... We are here to discuss the huge New Year's Eve Ryzen 14 show from the super famous Super Saitama. So, the si- uh, ah, the I fucked it up. Famous Saitama Super Arena. Thank you, Christian. Get it right, Andrew. I know, I know. And um, we we are here to uh, well, first off, let's talk about the attendance and the ratings for the show. Uh, Christian, you have the yeah, ratings. No. Yeah, no lie, guy. No lie, all you guys, you guys listening in. Um, this is probably going to be the most divisive, uh, polarizing topic here on this list. You're probably right about oh, that, yeah. Yes. This isn't going to be no Dave Meltzer KPI bullshit. This is going to be for real. So, in terms of attendance, they did great. Like, uh, like, like. Utterly fantastic for what they for for what uh, they previously have gotten uh, for their shows there. Um, previous shows at the Saitama Arena uh, on New Year's Eve were twelve thousand, fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand, which is not bad. Uh, they're not bad numbers at all. But this year, uh, for uh, this year, last year, two thousand eighteen, New Year's Eve. They got a total of twenty nine thousand one hundred five attendees. Now, also, 
you got to add in the numbers that were for Yaranoka. And so if you add that, that comes to over 36,000. 36,000 people. Yeah. Yes. 36, and also, as a matter of fact, yeah, and also it's important to note that this is actually the second high, um, the second attend highest attended event, um, compared to uh, Wrestle Kingdom thirteen, which had thirty eight thousand at the Tokyo Dome. And also, the, the, it, they sold out every seat, I believe, or at least they yes. sold out. They were, they, they were, yeah, they were, yeah, they were close to sell, New Japan was slowly close to selling out that building. Um, but the thing is, but here's the thing: only, only like the Wrestle Kingdom events and the Ryzen events. Are the only two ones that are old that are doing like you know that those high numbers compared to everybody else in in Japan in terms of combat sports? Yeah, um, and and outdrew and outdrew the UFC again. Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's 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 actually quite amazing that they that they uh, that they drew all that they basically sold out the entire and also months in advance they sold out this enti- this show months before. Yeah. Two days and in months, maybe three months or sh- three months or so, maybe two months. No, they, no, they, it sold out two days after the full attention announcement. Okay, so. yes. Um, actually, it's funny. The previous, um, the previous um time that they before that their biggest show was actually the uh, Kyoji Tension um Super Kickboxing Super Fight, which they got twenty seven thousand. So they actually increased it by about. Ten thousand more people, almost, which is pretty—that's yep. pretty darn good. Um, and also, not to mention, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Like I said, man, you know, well, getting getting people getting those butts in them seats, man. You know, you know, it's just as important as ratings. Yes, you need people in the building to watch it. So initially, but, the ratings that came out were—it was a seven point five percentage. Now, uh, in Japan, but then apparently the, those were like preliminary ratings. They actually it was it went up to about um, uh, Christian. Do you have the the, the 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 revised numbers that they had? Um, to be honest, they're not in front of me. Uh, but uh, uh, Bruno Masami had it on um on his Twitter. Um, if you want to follow him at br masami, who who follows a lot of um covers a lot of. JMMA, uh, right in Japan. If I remember seeing that, I remember Cerebral friggin' saying that, you know, that that was good, though. Um, you know, that, 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 that it was good. Uh, that, oh, um, oh, 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 Cerebral Hunter you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, he said that, you know, that, that, you know, that, that was good. You know, it may not mean much, but it was still, you know, it is still good, because you gotta think about it. You know, most combat sports organizations don't get those ratings. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so here's the exact numbers. Um, they peaked at 12.2%, and that was during when T- Floyd and Tension had their, um, had their little thing. So, that's the best that they've done um, so far for Fuji TV. Um, I'm surprised they didn't put Sky Perfect and uh, Yahoo Giao in there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's... it's I don't. Remember, they were airing on three. Cha- they were airing on three. They were airing on on three channels. Yeah. Um, possible that maybe only people tuned into Fuji TV, or maybe that those other those two those other um, those other uh, channels don't even release ratings. Compare in comparison to how um, how uh, how I guess um, you know the big channels obviously release release ratings. It's kind of like the same thing here in America, 
you know, we don't get actual ratings for like Access TV or a lot of those other channels. So I don't know, maybe it's the same thing there, I'm guessing. Yeah, but Skyperfect has been around since the 90s. They're not a new company. Yeah, but uh, it's, you know, Access TV also used to be the, um, what was it, uh, HDNet. Yeah, I don't think, you know, if the channel's a small channel, you know, or a smaller channel, I don't think it doesn't really matter how long they've been around. They're just, they're, they may not, it may not be in their best interest or even in their worst interest to release any ratings. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically... That's why I kind of like, like debate those ratings a little bit because, you know, they're not counting Yao and Sky Perfect into that equation. Um... Well, I mean, how, how much do you think, uh, would you, how much would you estimate, um, do, would you, do you think, do, I feel like more people, though, would watch it on Fuji, though. I think, I, don't, I think in comparison to the other two channels, I don't think they would really matter in the grand scheme of things. I don't know, I, I, yeah, that's, probably I, 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 that's just kind of how I feel on it, because, you know, if you're airing on your, your event on three other, on two, on three networks, I feel like you need to count all three, you know, add all of them together. That'd be like saying, you know, that'd be like, like, like you know, that'd be like saying, you know, oh, um, if a wrestling channel of promotion was had was on three to four networks, right? Wouldn't it make sense to add the ratings of all four together? It would if the ra- if those matter though. You know, it, there could there could be very little, very little uh, turn um, interest from the other channels as opposed. Assuming that there's a a big main channel that something's on, you know, let's say. Let's say you know WWE airs on USA, and then they repeat it on. Uh, well, remember when they used to repeat repeat it again at like two AM on. Um, yeah, beyond like on the Spanish channels like Telemundo. Yeah, I don't think you know. I, I'm uh, pretty Telemundo, sure. NBC Universo. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just how I feel. I like. I, I don't know if you, you guys probably don't agree, but that's just kind of that's kind of like my opinion on the uh, on the ratings topic. But the rate if, the, if it's so if it's so small, then you know I don't think it really it would really would it change the numbers that much though. I know what I'm saying, but that's just how I feel. Like, that's just my opinion on it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, the twelve point two percent um it is a a. Uh, some people are saying it's a good number. Some people are saying it's, it wasn't worth it in the end. Um, Joseph, I know you have some thoughts on this, so I'll let you, I'll let you have the floor to talk about it. Uh, well, in my opinion, though, for anybody who's saying it is bad, I, I say look at it like this. You like people like most combat like you know combat sport promotions or certain other like wrestling promotions would only like would dream if they had that number. You know, especially in like in Japan and friggin' and everywhere else outside of the bigger organizations. That, you know, that's just, you know, my feeling, and, you know, and even if that was, if the, like, uh, the ratings were like that, you know, the gate was good, you know, having people in the building is just as important as, as the ratings. Oh, uh, and... I don't know if you guys agree with me on that topic, but I just feel like, you know, having people in the building is almost, is, is also just as important. Christian, what do you think? Um, to be honest, when it comes down to, you know, television ratings, I think that they would probably have to add up all three, but be mindful that they would probably have to, like, how we do in the U.S., We, I mean, like, how 
Television networks normally get rated in the U.S. They get rated by hour, rated by segment. Yeah. Maybe it would be best to do the ratings by hour, by segment, pretty much. And I th- I, it looked like they, they did they did do it by um by hour with uh, Ryzen um at uh they they measure the ratings at six o'clock. Well, oh, actually no, I take that like six at six o'clock, and then at seven o'clock. Then it looks like there was a break in between because uh, the next rating came in at um let me see nine nine o'clock, and then the the last segment which was the um which was at they did it at at ten fifty. They measure the next rating. Um, so it looks like they were measuring more segments than they were actual hours. I take that back. Hmm. I don't know. I still say that the rating is fine. Um... I, I, I think that's as close as we're going to get, in my opinion, anyway. I don't, personally, you know, is, you know. Could, could it go higher? Yes. But I feel that, you know, this was still, you know, a good number, you know, regardless of how people feel. That's just my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest rated program on New Year's Eve was a New Year's Eve special, which got uh, 45 million people watching. A... Don't have the name in front of me. Uh, oh, I have it. Uh, Kohaku Uta Gassen. Uh, I'm not so sure what channel that was on. I don't think that was on Fuji TV. I'm guessing that was on either Asai or T- or the Tokyo Broadcasting System. Well, yeah, but is it fair to compare that to a TV drama? They're two completely different different beats. No, but... Yeah, that would basically be like the UFC being compared to a damn nighttime soap opera. Like, can you imagine that? Uh, I compare the I compare that to the Young and the Restless. How would that make sense? <laughs> but they're also, you know, it's not so much that it's a comparison, but that you know, the fact that it's on television, I think, is the is the only act compare is the only way you can compare because you know everything on television, New Year's Eve in Japan, is competing for eyes. For e- yeah, uh, everybody. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but you know, but if you're, yeah, but it's best to compare it to whatever other combat sports groups are events that are going on on the same day. To me, that's more of a fair mm, comparison. Given how combat sports is in Japan, TV, TV dramas are competing, of course, with other TV dramas. <clears throat> that's true, but I think given what combat sports is is in Japan, I think it's very hard to compare where Ryzen is. And compare it to what the others. So you have to. There has to be some sort of comparison. And, you know, it'll be like comparing wrestling programs in America. There's only one on television. You can't re- uh, besides Ring of Honor and TNA, and you, those don't even aren't even the same hemisphere range wise. So you have to compare Raw to something. And so the only only other thing you compare it to is, is programs running at the same time. Um, not even. That's what that's what you gotta do. You gotta look. At, you gotta look at what is drawing other people to other shows, and what's why the other people are not coming to what you're 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 showing. And I think that that's what they were hoping with the, having Foy on the show. They wanted Foy to get a lot a lot more people who would not normally watch to tune in. And it was funny that um, a lot of people were saying that Floyd was not the draw in Japan. It was tension. That tension was the one who was drawing the eyes, not so much Floyd. 
Floyd was for us. You know, that might be true because when it comes down to folks in Japan, they don't really know much about Floyd other than the fact that he's one of the greatest boxers in the world and the fact that, you know, he's very narcissistic, which is totally against Japanese values half the time. Which is good. That means that tension is a draw and that his name has value to it, which is great. Um, uh-huh. And for... Yeah. And Foy was for us. Foy was to get the get the Western eyes who may not know what Ryzen is or who Ryzen is or who Tension is. Um, so in that respect, we can I think we can at least and you know going by what the pre, the previous um, super fight that he had of Kyoji, we can at least discern attendance wise that Tension is a draw. Foy was an added spice. Uh, was a, was a was a was a nice uh, sprinkle of spice into the into the into the into the drawing uh, pot, but we can I think we can safely and, s- and don't forget the bantam, the bantamweight and the super atomweight titles. Oh yes, that's true. That's true. Yep. Um, as for you know, we'll have to see. I think we also have to kind of consider going forward how the ratings will look for Ryzen if they remain the same. I don't think you'd call that a failure. Uh, I don't think you'd call that a failure so much. But if they if they go lower, then I think that this will then then this whole experiment with Floyd was not worth in the end, and that's that's the worst case scenario. I think drawing wise they're good. Drawing wise they don't have to worry about putting butts in the seats. They they know how to do that. But it's the ratings. It's just capturing a good enough rating. Um, I think is what their what their main goal is. If they're not happy with the ratings. I'll, I'll at say. least they have re- at least they have ratings. <laughs> at least it's not like two like one million or negative something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, roughly, I think um, I think roughly they said that uh, in terms of, mil- of millions of people, I think they said that ten million people came in to watch the Floyd uh, tension fights. Um, as long as you have, because to me as long hey man you know like whatever you, you, you say whatever about you know five million but you know but in my opinion and in your opinion you know you know it, it, to me it's a, it's, a, it's a good number you know how hard it is to get five million I know I know but I think also there are people who know more about Japanese television like, range I know, I know sorry go ahead like, I know it's not like compared to like 42 million from a from a T from a TV drama but you know, but you know, just for a combat sports motion, to even get at least five million is still a big deal, regardless. But also, you know, I'm also I'm also going by what the knowledge of what other people are saving, saying, like uh, Kari fan and Daniel Ziobiki uh, on Twitter, who know more about uh, television Japanese television ratings, uh, were saying that this was not a good rating, even where it was placed. So I'm also just going by what other people know more. And also, just the people who I've spoken to from Japan, they say it's not a good ring. So I'm also that's that's the knowledge that I'm going with. That these people know more about it, and they're informing me, the guy who's outside the television ratings bubble in Japan, that this is not a good rating um, for the show. But if you think about it, Andrew, if you think about it, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, they should probably be happy that they're even getting a rating at all because if you think about it, this show probably wouldn't have been aired in any form or basically in any shape or form because uh, the whole thing that happened with the whole, I mean, with the way how this Floyd Mayweather attention Asakawa about 
made the whole show feel like it revolves around it. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, uh-huh. I mean, you no. Know, hopefully, you know, if if the if the New Year's Eve show um gets gets high ratings, same ratings that they did this time or higher, you know, I would probably I would say that this whole thing was worth in the end. If it goes lower, then it may not have been good television ratings wise. I don't know. That's those are my final thoughts. You guys want to say chime in? Any final thoughts? to compare Ryzen to the ratings a TV drama gets, or is it better to compare it to what other combat sports organizations do in ratings? My response? Hell no. No, no, no. <laughs> so people on Twitter, you know, answer that. What is your opinion on that question? Oh, is that, were you asking me? Yeah, you know, to put on Twitter like that oh, okay. The people, for the people listening in, do you think it's fair to compare on um, Ryzen to the ratings of a TV drama, uh, or would it be uh, even playing field to compare to other combat sports events? Well, here's that the, going well, on on the same day. The kind of answer, well, uh, the kind of uh, uh, the half answer that it's not on the same day, but people were comparing it to previous cards like Dynamite and Pride that when they were on television, and they were saying that in comparison to what Ryzen got this time. To compare the other cards in the past, it was not as good, even w- even with those in the past. Okay, and no, what about pre- but yeah, but I'm not talking about the past. I'm referring to present day. Well, also, there's I don't even know how much combat sports is shown in Japan other than K1 and Ryzen. There isn't the 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 the, the spectrum is not that is not that huge. You got your stuff on Samurai TV, but Samurai TV is a premium channel that I know that a lot of people do not get in Japan. So it's it's almost it would be almost unfair. Like I said, it's like comparing WWE to other wrestling programs in the United States. WWE is just so above everything else. You compare WWE to basketball and football, then. You know what I mean? No, but you have to, I would say you have to compare at least what WWE is running up against on Monday nights. You know, I don't know what, 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 what airs on Monday nights. Because if they're getting a five, then they're beating WWE in ratings. Um, you talking about Ryzen? Yes. Oh yeah, um, but also you know, Ryzen also has the has the has the esteemed honor of not being a weekly program where they have to do fights every week, or you know, I should say like like the UFC where there's a fight card every week. It seems like. Uh huh. I, I just feel like you know this. I I just feel like just on this topic alone, we're just we're we're gonna, we're probably gonna be in flux. Um, uh, on opinions on this top, on that top, on this topic, we're we're going yeah, to in flux. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, let's just get off of it for right now and dive right into the Ryzen fourteen card, shall we? Yeah, let's get to the the meat and potatoes of 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 of, 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 the, of this. Uh huh. Now, when it comes down to the Ryzen fourteen card, there were, if I'm not mistaken. 12 finishes out of four. No, there were 11 finishes out of 13 belts. That's great. Uh huh. 
Do you want to kick off with the supposed fight that started at number one, or do you want to talk about the fight that was supposed to have been number one? Ah, yes, we should talk about the 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 the, the never the fight that never happened. I would like to talk about that. Yeah, sure. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, for the new boxing goddess, Raina Cooper. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and say it, Joseph. Yeah, Raina versus Samantha Jean Francois was supposed to happen, but Raina was 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 put out of commission. Um, you know, from a from anemia and stuff like that. Though I kind, in my opinion, I find it suspicious, though. Uh huh. And because remember, um, Wally Zang did the same crap with an eye injury and ended up going to the UFC the next day. Fight. Uh-huh. But so, if you think about it, and I'm hearing from Mike Skype of MMASucker.com that the fight is going to possibly be possibly be rescheduled for Easter Sunday and Rising 15. Do you think that fight will happen without a hitch? Hopefully, um, uh, hopefully it will. If Rena is if Rena's having problems through um trying to get the super atom weight, she might as well just go to flyweight. Hmm. Hopefully so. Well, here's the I just would like to chime in um that uh, I feel bad for Samantha. She came all the way from France. She made weight. She was even at the weigh in, and then I, it was funny because they when they were doing the weigh ins, every Rena didn't come out. People were like, "Uh oh, what's going on here? What's going on here?" And they just did the the one photo op with Samantha. And it looked so awkward of her just standing there by herself at the scale. Um, so, uh, but as far as this being a, uh, a a power play, I don't know, or or contract negotiation or whatever you're saying, Joseph, I, I don't think it's that. Raina was taken to the hospital. There were pictures of her in the hospital. And there actually, there was, I, I saw, apparently Takata was still trying to, like, do, he was trying to, like, figure out they could do the fight at catch weights um, as well. Which um, I think yeah. would have been insane, because uh, I know, I know but you, yeah, but you understand what I'm, what I'm, what, you, you understand that I have, you can't help but be suspicious of it. Oh, that's true, but well, also you have to look at the other two people. Zang did the, did, the, did the exact same thing and ended up going to the UFC the next day. Yeah, Andy Sauer pulled the same crap and ended up going to what? That's true. Well, you know, Rena could have been negotiating with what? It's possible, but I think it's very unlikely. Rena, you know, J- Japanese—that's not really a Japanese thing to do. Dwayne Lee Chang's from from China. Andy Sowers from where's the Netherlands? The Netherlands. Yeah, you know they. You know it's it's the same reason why you see a lot of wrestlers who wrestle for the same company for uh, for like fifteen twenty years, and if the company could be in, in dire shits and they don't leave because it's just something that they don't do. I don't see. I don't think this is anything at all having to do with one, and especially the fact also, and even if you want to take out the Japanese factor, Raina was taken to the hospital. There are pictures of her on a hospital bed. She looked like utter shit. Um, I know, but you, I, I know, but you can understand why I, I was suspicious of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, I can understand. I can understand that, um, it's, it's understandable. Um, but I don't think, I don't think it's that. And especially, I don't think, I think that Raina's one of their, is one of the Ryzen folks. I, they're not going to, they're not gonna let one take You're take her away. That, so you feel that you know Rena will keep her loyalty with uh, with Shudo Box and Ryzen? Yeah, yeah. She's not going to one. Um, I don't see. I don't see them. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, yeah, unfortunately, this was this was supposed to be the first uh, fight, and it was. I think it would have been a good one. Unfortunately, yeah, Samantha. It was the easiest fight that Samantha Jean Francois never had to do. I guess you could say. She didn't have to do the job. 
Yeah, she didn't have to do the job. Yeah. Though, yeah. so if the rematch is confirmed and is going to happen in April, if it's going to happen, then, you know, Samantha's going to get that work. Oh, yes. You know. That um, is if Rena can make if Rena can make it to Super Atom Weight. If she can't make it to Super Atom Weight, then she might as well just go to Flyweight. Yeah. Also, also, I want to bring up as well. Um, later, what what happens later in the show? Yeah, she did. Rena did collapse back. Uh, collapse. Uh, somewhere in the back as well. Um, I just I don't think that there was any. Yeah, I don't think you have to worry about one FC trying to get Rena at all. It's it, it's not, it's not unfounded what you're saying, but I think I think one FC. They're 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 in the background for this. Now you know if we hear that uh, if we hear one of the other fighters, you know, hey, we hear that Darren Crookshank had to pull out of his fight because uh, he stubbed his toe. Then uh, then yeah, maybe then we can start we can start speculating. Hmm hmm, is that Chatri coming in with a with a contract? Exactly. <laughs> well, that was yep, that was the first fight, and it didn't happen. <laughs> But luckily, yeah. but luckily, there wasn't a fight that did happen. But luckily, there were 13 other fights that happened. And the first one, well, let's just say things got a little bit crazy at the weigh-ins. But oh, Christ, I remember that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every female reporter was, like, whistling. Ugh. So, Christian, so Christian are you going to talk about what happened? to they were basically whistling because the only thing that could hide Osawa's tiny meat <laughs> the only thing that could hide Osawa from utter embarrassment was a damn plate pretty much Ugh. like I, I, I apparently he does stuff like this at the weigh-ins he's known for doing like crazy shit like this and Dude, this is light this is light in comparison I remember there was a video, I think it was for either boxing or for MMA, where, like, a woman was doing, like, the weigh and stuff. She literally stripped uh, naked on camera. Oh, really? <laughs> to, 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 to be on the scale. This is legit. But she didn't miss weights? Hmm. No, no, uh, no, like, they literally, they literally threw, they, it was like the 90s WWF where they throw the sheet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, oh, um... Tyson Ozawa came out completely naked. He was wearing a bow tie or something. He was wearing something around, like a bow tie. A bow tie. He was wearing nothing but a. I mean, I couldn't tell if there was a cup hiding those little chestnuts he had, but hey, <laughs> nah, 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 he was using one of those. Nah, he was using one of those plates that the rich people use. Oh, yes, he was using a, a silver dinner plate, something like that. Right, right, right. But the point of the matter is, Tofik Musayev wore Tyson Nobomitsu out mm. one minute and 19 seconds into round number two. Now, according to my Skype, the post-fight notes were from Nobomitsu Tyson Osawa is that he wants another shot in Ryzen. He was very surprised that Tofik utilized any takedowns at all. Musayev hits very, very hard and felt much heavier and stronger than he looked and noted that Musayev looked pissed due to Osawa's way in antics. For Musayev, he wants to remain in Ryzen because, of course, 
he was going into this fight with a 10-5 winning streak that has now elapsed to 11 and fighting the 2019 lightweight Grand Prix because he doesn't care who he fights. He hated Tyson's pre and post pre and post fight behavior and believes that he should act more professionally and focus on his in-ring capabilities. So, I got to ask, do you guys think that Musayev is a underdog? I mean, is a dark horse in this Grand Prix? And for the love of God, do you think that Nobumisu Tyson Osawa will ever get another chance to fight in Ryzen again because of that BS he pulled? I got two, uh, two easy answers to that. Uh, yeah, put, put in Musayev in, the, in, the, in that lightweight tournament. He totally earned it. First Eastern Bloc fighter to actually put on an exciting fight in Ryzen. Uh, and 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 they're in their quest to find somebody from that area to put to not be boring as shit. So good on Musayev. Uh, uh, good one. Um, um, I don't think he deserves a spot in the in the Grand Prix of of his of his, of his showing. Wait a minute, you mean Musayev? No, not Musayev. I'm talking uh, Tyson. Oh. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you were talking about. No, you, no, I, no. I was confused. I thought you were referring to the Tyson. I didn't know. Oh no. When it came down to Musayev, do you think that he's a dark horse in the Grand Prix? And when it came down to Osawa, Tyson Osawa, do you think that we'll ever see him fight in Ryzen again? I think so. Okay, there we go. I misunderstood. Yeah, I'm sorry. I misunderstood (laughs) the question. Um, Yeah, I feel like Tyson earned his spot um, in the the lightweight Grand Prix. I feel he's going to be a person to keep an eye out. Um, on the Grand Prix. Um, as for Osawa, I feel he does not. He does not. I, I, I don't think his performance really showed that he that he can hang. Because he got laid out really badly in the second round and barely did anything in the first. Uh, duh. You think? Yeah. So I feel you know he does not. He does not get a spot in the lightweight Grand Prix. Oh no, absolutely not. You know, if you want to talk about the three arrows plan. That he's a great person to put on one of those smaller shows. Let him earn his way up uh, on a uh, on a yeah, future show. He, I, ban- I, I would banish him to curtain jerking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You better make sure he doesn't literally jerk the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing as well. It's so funny that he's earned that name T- Tyson, nickname Tyson, and yet there's nothing that indicates to me that he has the power that like a Mike Tyson had in his prime. I don't think I don't think that's referencing Mike Tyson. Who, who I don't know who it could be then. Who could it be then? I don't know. Like in terms of combat sports, the only Tyson you think of, I mean, I don't think he's uh, the, any of the UFC Tysons um, that I can think well, of. It's got a wrestler. Maybe he's re- referencing with that name, or maybe it's a like some, maybe a, like a nickname or something for him that somebody. Well, hey, at least he's not referencing W former WWE competitor Tyson Kidd. Otherwise, he'd be walking around with a broken neck. I, I it can't be Tyson Griffin he's talking about. I don't I, I don't see how that would be the, the, the that would go over everybody's head, no matter what fan of you are. That like oh this guy he nicknamed himself Tyson after Tyson Griffin. Yeah, well I just well I figured I um oh, he's gonna have to go back to the uh, the drawing board. Like if they if Ryzen do, it does go through with the three arrows plan, he'd probably be like for the small and medium buildings. But with the way his performance was, I, you know, I, I, he's, he's, oh, he's straight opener. Oh yeah, absolutely. Put him on the B show. Put him on one of those, um, uh, yeah, put him on, on a B, sh- B level show at a, you know, at like in 
Chiba uh, or uh, yeah, if you did not earn him a spot in the lightweight Grand Prix. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can even you can even earn, earn your spot in a loss. I think sometimes, but this is a loss of like where one guy. The uh, squash. Yeah, basically it was a squash. Um, yeah, basically yeah. Uh, Musayev held down uh, Osawa and just hammer fisted him all the way to oblivion. It was it was brutal, but um, I'm really happy now that we have a Eastern Bloc fighter who is good. So there's that. I'm happy about that, and of course I'm not. Hey, I don't blame you. And I'm not surprised. I don't blame you because when it comes down to these fighters that are coming out of the former countries of the Soviet Union, I mean it's only going to be a matter of time before they start taking over. And Russia won't just be the only country out of that Eastern Bloc to have great fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually, it was also funny uh, that um, I'm not surprised that uh, Musayev was like, "What the fuck is this guy doing coming out here naked?" Uh, I'm pretty sure that they take martial arts very seriously in Azerbaijan. Um, so they probably was like, "What the fuck? Am, why am I here? Why? What's going on here?" What the hell is going yeah, on? It's pretty fun. It's pretty funny though. Oh, it was funny as fuck. But and it was even. I think it's even more funnier when you have like a uh, a a cold, straight faced person, um, just totally no selling it, <laughs> like uh, like Musayev did. Uh, but uh, yep, back, back to the back of the line. I would say for Osawa, uh, to the front of the line, Musayev. All right, let's go to the next. Let's go to the next match. Okay, the next match we go, and when it comes down to, when it comes down to Shinju Juju Nozawa, that's my baby, Oh Claire, sorry for the creepiness, she has not fought in over a year prior to her fight against Justina Laura Klopp Haber, but obviously that showed in the fact that she lost to Justina Haba, who was fighting in her debut, by the way, in her pro MMA debut, via sleeper hole, I mean, via sleeper hole submission, three minutes, 41 seconds into round number two. Now, first of all, the Mike Skype post-fight confessionals. First of all, when it comes down to Shinju, she was happy to return after a full year away despite losing. She wants to get back in the rising ring as soon as possible. She did not have an arm injury as originally expected because, of course, she had a year away due to shoulder surgery. She cites her overaggressiveness as the main reason for taking the L, and she credits Justina Hava for having a well-executed game. Now for Justina Hava, she was preparing to fight on the ground because of her military training, but believed that Shinju, to her surprise, fared better standing up. She surprised. She was surprised that Shinju was looking to grapple, and she plans to work on her conditioning ahead of her next fight, whenever that might be. Now, with the fact that these two were fighting in a women's flyweight contest, and, well, there's a not-so-heavy influx of women's flyweight competitors coming in to the rising ring. And this is the exact same question I'm going to probably repeat when I get to the Miyu versus Mika fight. But do you think that Ryzen will probably have a legitimate down the line? 
Uh, I think yes, but for that they would have to use the allies for that one. Hmm. I mean, because if you think about it, and I'm going to probably repeat this when it comes down to the Miyu versus Mika fight, but who do they really have at women's flyweights? Well, you're going to have to dig through deep jewels. You're going to have to go through every organ, every MMA organization out there for flyweights for in the women's category that aren't picked up by UFC or Bellator if they even have a flyweight division for women. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, first off, before I answer that, um, did you give uh, did you did you say how this uh, fight was ended, uh, Christian? Yes, I did. It ended via a rear naked choke or a sleeper hold choke. At three minutes forty-one seconds of round number two. Well, not that's not even uh, not not only just as impressive, but did you see Shinju's face after? Yeah, that was oh, the elbows. Yeah. Uh, her and face was brutal. Her ass out the ring and bowing to the commentators and bowing toward everybody because even though she did take an L, she felt that she didn't do her best effort. Shinju is really tall for one twenty-five. Uh, I I don't I'm getting to guess that Haba probably walks around at 125 maybe, just in terms of the height difference. I could be entirely wrong about that, but you know I was just so impressed by what what Haba did during this entire fight, and especially well, you guys were kind of uh, I I told you guys during the uh, the preview. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, but you know on the surface you kind of expect that a fighter. You know the whole the, the idea was to put. Juju over in this fight, and that, that's what I think they were trying to do. You know, obviously, you know, these fights aren't rigged, as opposed to what some people might say. So clearly, you know, this is, that's not what happened in the end. Haba just, uh, just happened to, to be, the, be, better, be a better fighter overall, and more brutal fighter, I'll even, I'll even say, uh, tonight, or tonight, uh, during the show. Um, yeah, that night. That night. Um... In terms of a flyweight tournament, um, I mean, you know, we talked a little bit about yesterday with uh, Kana Watanabe. You know, uh, you got her. Um, I don't know if you put Sugiyama in it, uh, given that she her loss to uh, Kana. Um, I would say that you could put Juju in it still for the name value. Um, I'm trying to think of who else you could really put in there. Um, who else? You know what? I think that will probably lead to, you know, getting some of those competitors from foreign countries like Abba, who's from Poland. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other fighters that, um, I know Alyssa Garcia fights a super atom weight. Any chance you think that she would want to do 125? Uh, she probably would be game for it, but hey. As long as you don't get some jackass, like, no, nah, wait, actually, I don't think that, uh, I mean, I don't think that Angela or Majesty Magana would want to drop down to 125 because, of course, not only does she suck, <laughs> she would probably have trouble at 125 pounds. <laughs> I'm just saying, damn it. Well then, if if um, what about Kanako Murata in that case? You know, speaking of uh, Mangana, since uh, Murata beat her in, in the last in her last match. Well, that would probably be a problem because of the fact that in order for her to do, in order for her to be a part of the Rising Grand Prix, 
She would probably have to give her notice for Invicta to cut her. Hmm. You think you think Invicta wouldn't let her do it? Uh, to be honest, not unless they get an executive order from the UFC. And even though the UFC doesn't own Invicta outright, they do own their rights. Mm-hmm. And they probably do help Shannon now when it comes down to booking fights and making decisions alongside Julie Ketsy. What about Ring Nakai? Oh, most definitely. I think they would probably get Ren Nakai the first, I mean, the moment they decide to get her on, she'll probably accept that, no doubt about it. Do you think, though, that you can Ring Nakai make weight? Um, I know also she's going through some other stuff as well, apparently, some other health issues, um, besides the bad weight cut that she had last year when she was supposed to fight Sugiyama. Um, then she, didn't she, she had, she, she announced she had some, um, some sort of disease or something, um, recently? Um, uh, I don't know, because it's been a while since she fought. Oh, uh, yes, oh, uh, yeah, um, she had appendicitis and, and peritonitis. Oh, right. And her hu- husband was also, this is a, Joseph? There's a lot of feedback on your end. Oh, that's yeah, uh, yeah, one was trying to catch me. Uh-huh. So yeah, <laughs> Ring Nakai is just is is dealing dealing with appendicitis, uh, and her husband's also ill. So mm, she may not even be yeah, physically fit. Yeah, first she had, yeah, Ring had a bad look. First she had kidney failure from the Sugiyama from you know first she had the kidney failure if you remember from the last time she was supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a bad luck catching all these uh, ailments. So I don't even know, yeah, she'll be even be um, within... In my, opinion, I, in my opinion, Ring should just, like, maybe take a vacation and take it easy for a little while before, you know, going back to fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that's the thing is I don't even know if she'll be even within 100% healthy to even compete in a, in a tournament if she's not even capable of if fighting. I mean, um, if, if, you know, if Ring is dealing with all these, like, health issues from MMA, I think maybe she should, like, take on, like, pro wrestling or something like that. Hey, you know yeah, what? You know, that would to... be cool. That would be cool for Ren Nakai to take up professional wrestling because her antics, her style, that would probably fit Joshi Pure Wrestle to a T. I think so too, yeah. That'd be yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. That's just my opinion. I feel you know, she's having all these issues from like making weight and, and from like from making like the weight classes I don't get any damage from her past fights. Also, the cube uh, take up take up pay, play a factor in that as well. I feel like maybe she should like you know do wrestling, go to pro wrestling. In my opinion, she won't have to deal. So that way, you know, she won't have to deal with all these issues from from losing weight. What, you, what about Shinju? Yeah. What do you do with Shinju next? Uh, Shinju, um, if they if they if they do a flyweight tournament, um, I you know I, I, I didn't Saki Bar say he was he was interested in doing a flyweight tournament Grand uh, Prix this year. Yeah. Inside the uh, the lightweight tournament, um, I say for anybody, I, I say Shinju has to win a qualifying match to call to do it. Because remember, Kana had to win a qualifying match just to get into the Super Atomweight Grand Prix. So you think as has- did Yu Yamamoto? Yeah, so like maybe for, like for another promotion, um, one of those types of things that they do sometimes. Yeah, well, do it for Deep Jewels, which is one of Ryzen's allies. Okay. Hey, either that or do it for King of the Cage. Ah, yeah, she did fight for the King of the Cage as well, yeah. yeah I, I, no I way that 
Cody, I don't think we, I don't think Juju fought for King of the Cage before. That would probably be her first time going to that promotion if they, I mean, if that deal was, were supposedly going down. Oh, I thought she had her I first know. amateur fight there. Yeah. Um, knowing, knowing, knowing Ryzen, they'll probably just push Juju by default. Um, you know, and, you know, be just for because of name value alone. Yeah, I got no problem with that putting her in there because of name value. Um, oh, I'm sorry, that was KOP that she fought for, not King of the Cage, KOC. Oh yeah, the supposedly racist promotion out in Michigan. Yes, <laughs> I got I got my KOs mixed up, but uh, yeah, you know, I would say you know this is and you know if again first in the line, Justina. Lara Croft, by the way, just question, does she earn the nickname Lara Croft? Yes, she did, because she choked her, I mean, she put her out like a damn sniper. (laughs) Yeah, did you guys see the force behind her strikes? Yeah. Um, Also, I don't know if anybody saw it, did you see how they misspelled where Justina Haba was from? (laughs) Nope. They said... Yes, if she was from Poland, not Poland. I was dying laughing when I saw that. Yeah, add that to MMA Botchamania. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of angry Polacks would not be happy. Huh. Well, they'll probably be happy that she won that she won her DB. I say, in my yeah, in my opinion, I say if she does call, if they do put her in the lightweight Grand Prix, or if she you know continues to fight for Ryzen, um, I say uh, keep an eye on her. Uh-huh. Hopefully, a uh, a non bruised eye. Indeed. But good on Haba. She made she came in there as the underdog. She made a name for herself. Good on her for for coming in there and you know making a statement in her fight. She really she really did very well. I'm happy for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very dumb. Now, shall we go to the next fight? Yeah, let's do it. What yep. Do we got next? Uh, okay. The next fight was at 59 kilograms, or about 130 pounds, as former UFC competitor, who now trains out of Sierra Longo fight team in upstate, well, the New York City area, Yuta Okusasaki, Defeated El Brother Jail, Manel Cape of Angola by way of Portugal via unanimous decision after three five minute rounds. This was only one of two decisions on this fight card, with the, the other one we'll get to later. But Manel Cape said after the fight that he fought heavier than he would have liked. Oka Sasaki is very clever as a fighter. He was surprised at how gassed he got as the fight progressed. He needs to rest, as he claimed his whole body was hurting after that fight, and he believes that the only person he truly lost to was himself. Basically, Manel screwed Manel in this case, if you get the reference. <laughs> as for Yuta Okasasaki, he said that Manel case felt really strong. He noticed Manel's improvement to his grappling despite thinking he was supposed to be a striker. He said that Manel Cape talked a lot of shit and pissed and smoked some time about well. And he wanted a knockout, but he forgot how his three five minute round fight was. So, I just have to ask, do you think Sasaki's jumping forward that you'll see 
and on high. Sorry, Christian, uh, could you speak a little bit louder? It's very hard to hear you. I said, do you think Yuta Sasaki done well? And do you think that we will probably see more of Manel Kate? Joseph, you want to go? Um, yeah. In this fight, friggin' Oka friggin' took Manel to a grappling hell. <laughs> of course he did. He literally brought him to grappling hell. My only complaint with Oka is that he had multiple different scenarios where he could have ended the fight right there and then and didn't take it. Uh-huh. Um. But... But yeah, but yeah, but just him taking uh, Kate through grappling hell gassed Kate out really quick. Here's a, um, well, here's he literally what literally had no answer for a lot of the the grappler that the massive grappling session he got put through. Here's what I gotta say about this. Um, Kate passed through. Oh, by the way, I initially said on the preview podcast say that that Kate was with ATT. ATT Thailand. It was AKA Thailand that he's with now, not ATT. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, because American top team would dare never go to another country to fill out negotiations. Exactly, <laughs> and whoever he is training with at AKA Thailand, dude, hire a wrestling coach because that was some pitiful wrestling defense that I, one of the worst wrestling defenses I've ever seen from an MMA fighter. I mean, come to think of it, he's training with some top killers in AKA Thailand. Why can't he train with a Murali Akbari? Yeah, it was like he trained in everything else. I, I even said this on Twitter. Cape, you're great at everything. You just need a you just need a wrestling coach. That's all you need. And you'll and you're you'll be as you say, as you call yourself, money. You will be money if you can get a wrestling coach. And you know, same thing happened in the um in the, the uh, uh, Azakura fight. Azakura was able to take him down, and maybe you could argue that's why Azakura won that match. This fight, though, Cape had nothing. And, you know, seeing him doing some dancing moves and all that stuff during the fight was even more frustrating because he was clearly losing uh, all three rounds and was delivering nothing that made me think, oh, okay, he has a chance to win this if it goes to decision. It was a, it was a really bad performance by Cape. This actually made this was Cape's worst performance in all Ryzen so far. Well, Andrew, so you agree with me where uh, where Oka Sasaki literally took him to grappling hell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This was his worst. Andrew, you can basically say it was worse, but at least it wasn't as controversial as the Kai Asakura fight. Oh, but you know, you can at least make an art. There are people that were arguing. Oh, I thought Cape won. You could say that you can make arguments for that. This one was just. Especially for what we know that Cape can do, it was a performance that was I thought was very was he was I thought that Cape was going to win this fight. And I think a lot of people thought that he would, and yeah, he actually did look heavier. He did look he looked I don't want to say he looked out of shape because he wasn't out of shape, but he did look he looked a little bit he didn't look as felt as he has in the past. I'll say that. Um, uh-huh. I guess he took, I guess he went on a trip to the Japanese Boston market. I think before yeah. before the fight went on a nice sushi binge, um, and you know Cape did all this shit talking at the at the weigh-ins. You probably all saw that. You know he pushed uh, Suzaki yeah. in the uh, in the face. He did that whole thing. So he was doing Cape stuff, um, but yeah, th- he did not deliver in this in this fight. And this was a very this is, if you're a Cape fan, this was a very disappointing fight. Very, very disappointing. Just seeing him get taken down so easily um, 
where it was and nearly and nearly lost a fight on on a lot of different uh, situations. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because they were near. I think a few. There, he could have been finished, but he was near the ropes. I think a few times, so he was able to kind of use the ropes to help with defense. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, other than a bruise, there was. Uh, if you saw the, the post the post fight press conference on Ryzen's YouTube page, um, the Oka just had one bruise on, on on the top of his head on his forehead. Basically, Oka came out of this fight, you know, basically unscathed. Uh-huh. And by uh, the way, also, just like... It, sorry, go ahead, Christian. think of it when they do fill out the card for Horizon 15, which is going to be on Easter Sunday, I won't be surprised if Oka gets one of those slots on that card. Uh, here's the other thing as well. Um, Oka said that he's he's not going to cut to 125 anymore. He wants to stay at Bantamweight. Huh. That would be pretty cool because it would be the same thing that Kiyoshi Horiguchi is doing. Um, but I'm trying to think uh, of, oh, what, yeah, oh. expect, expect Olka to challenge, uh, Kyoji in the future for, in the, in the future for the Rise of Man and Wii title. Huh. I also and would, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that bout were to happen sometime down the road, because I think that would be a dream fight that not only fans of JMMA would love, but fans of MMA overall would love. I, uh, what did you think of, of, uh. Of Sazaki's uh, walkout costume, the samurai outfit. Yeah, hey. it was pretty cool. It was cool. It was cool, but he should have had the mask. <laughs> Do you know that's his legit hair? That his, that's his hair. Like that's not like a wig or anything. That's like his legit hair. Oh yes, it looked beautiful. That he, but to be honest, I couldn't grow my hair out like that. I mean. I'm balding in the middle. I couldn't grow my hair out like that. You sound jealous. You sound jealous, Chris. <laughs> um, it takes I'm it trying takes to. Talent. Oh, and uh, did every did you see uh, everybody see the uh, cameo appearance by Ray Ray Longo in uh, Sasaki's corner? Oh yeah, Ray Longo was cursing up a storm in that corner. Hey, listen, I'll give Ray Longo credit. Even when his fighters winning, he'll say that they're losing to not throw them off. I like that. I wish more coaches and would do that. Basically, he's pretty much taken the regular old head coaching thing that regular sports does. Like, even when you win, you're still down. You're still basically having plot holes exploited. And, you know, Ray Longo was right to get on Oka Sasaki. But, hey, he needs to be happy that his fighter won, and he needs to be... You know, helping him out to make sure those plot holes don't get exploited in his next fight, mm. whatever that might be. Well, here's if he sees those um, if he sees those openings again, because remember he could have finished Menno in all three rounds in multiple different ways, either from submission or even from a grounded pound, and he didn't take them. And I feel that those are going to be the holes in his game that he did not that he had those options those those paths to finish him, and he better take them the next time they're available in his next fight. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> when we get into one of the other fights, I'm going to say, I'm going to propose a possible, ma- um, contendership matchup, but we could talk about that when we get there. But, uh, in terms of, um, uh, Manel Cape, what do you do with him next? Well, he, uh, he is he lightweight? Bantamweight. No, he's a bantamweight. Pretty much. Well, he ain't getting no title shot anytime soon, man. Nope. Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, back in the line for him. Who would you, would you, um... I, I do have a, a fight proposal. Um, oh, I have an idea of who he can fight. 
Oh, who? Anthony Burchak. Yeah. Oh, remember that? Anthony Burchak is now fighting in Kombachi Americas. Ah, oh, crap. I don't think I don't think that would that. But still, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight happen, and if Campbell McLaren gives Anthony Burchak the okay. I think they would. Either yeah, either Anthony Burchak or put him against uh, Darren. <laughs> oh, do you really want to see Manel Kate get embarrassed? <laughs> no. Nah. You got to get that work, man. You talk, you you talk all this crap. You better, you better, you better show. You better show how tough you are. You know what I mean? Right, right. Or put right. him against, against Topnoy. Oh, that would be a fun battle. Yeah, they I both. Mean, I think, I think if that match ain't made by the time this, I mean by this time next year, we're gonna probably be kicking ourselves. Yeah. Um, just curious to know before we go on to the next fight, just wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought of the commentary for this show, uh, from uh, Joe Ferraro and um uh, Frank Trigg. I didn't it was all right, but. It was all right, but I'll probably save my criticisms for the main event. Oh, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, but you know, Suzuki with a dominant win. You know, he's definitely next in line if there's a title shot or if there's some sort of Grand Prix. You know, but I do. I do have an, an idea for him, which we'll talk about at with the, when the next fight. So, uh, Christian, whenever you're ready, take over. Okay. The next was a 132-pound or 60-kilogram catchweight bout between the current deep bantamweight champion Yuki Motoya and former UFC competitor from Spartanburg, South Carolina, USA, Justin Tank Scoggins. Motoya defeated Scoggins via TP triangle choke at 3 minutes and 28 seconds into round number one. Now, as for the post-fight as for the post-fight confessionals from Mike Skite, Motoya said, Motoya, the winner, said he fought too short. He wasn't much impressive. He wasn't much impressed on Scoggins. He didn't plan to grapple against him. He was originally going to use his triangle to sweep Scoggins. He wants to fight against Motoya next. I mean, he wants to fight against Oka Sasaki next. Mm-hmm. Not Koikuchi. Sorry, the first bubbles. And he trained in Brazil for 50 days, and the training helped him pay off. Now, for Scoggins, he acknowledges he needs to up his fight IQ. He wants to remain in Ryzen because he signed a four-fight deal, and this fight was the first of that four-fight deal. He felt he had a strong striking advantage and was surprised by Motoya's submission attempt. He wants to potentially face off against Tension Asakawa in a kickboxing or MMA bout. And he believes that and hopes that Ryzen will become the new stomping ground for the flyweight division. Now, I gotta ask, when it comes down to Scoggins' claims of, fly, of the flyweights being in Ryzen, do you think that might happen? And even though Gucci versus Sasaki would make a better bout, do you think that Koya versus Sasaki would be a better alternate fight? Um, but for- uh, Sasaki said that he's not going to flyweight anymore. That he's staying at uh, Bantamweight. But the only promotions that are going to be going after all the flyweights practically is only going to be rising in one. Yeah, but if you think about it, and for some odd reason, the UFC just made the decision to, you know, 
redo their flyweight division by signing Joseph Benavides to a four-fight deal. I mean, do you think that that makes sense? Oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fuck off the flyweight division. Yeah, we're gonna read now. We're now we're gonna rebuild it. We got rid of uh, we got rid of Demetrius Johnson. Now we'll put now we'll do a flyweight. Isn't Benavides though signed to a bantamweight though? I don't think he's signed to flyweight. Isn't who signed to flyweight? Oh, Benavidez. They signed. I think he's going up to to the uh to bantamweight. No, no, no. For some odd reason, they signed him up at flyweight. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it'd be uh bantamweight. Okay. Huh. I bet ESPN got in their ears and they're like, "You're redoing the flyweight division, damn it." <laughs> um. But uh, well, here's the thing I was gonna suggest before: have Olga Sasaki. Versus Matoya in a contendership match, and the winner of that will then go on to fight uh, Horiguchi. Hmm. Yeah, because it's going to be a while until we see another uh, Animal Grand Prix. That'll be, uh, that would actually be a good number one contenders match. Yeah, uh, uh, I believe that uh, Matoya is on a four five fight win streak. He's won all of his fights in Ryzen. Only persons he's ever lost to in recent times was the Horiguchi. And it's been a while since they've fought. So, I think that, you know, I think in Sasaki and Horiguchi never tangled as well. Um, so, I definitely think it, either uh, having a, content, a, a contendership for, between those two would be the apt fight to have. Um, and then you can go forward and see, you know, which, you know, winner of that goes on to face... Um, or Gucci and New Year's Eve or Summer Show or something like that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would be a pretty cool thing to do, but to be honest... Uh, here, uh, here's a question I have for you guys. Uh, okay. what do we, who, who does Scoggins face? Oh, easy. Manel Cape. Uh, yeah, but didn't we already say that Manel Cape versus Darren Crookshank would be a fun battle? It would, but that would be at lightweight. I don't think that Manel Cape, it, Manel Cape probably walks around at that weight. Or close to that weight. I don't think he's going to... Darren Crookshank would murder Cape at lightweight. But wouldn't you want to see that then? I would, but not for Cape's sake. If you want to do a, a fair weight matchup, Scoggins and Cape, you make that next. They both lost, and I think it, they, they would shit-talk each other... Something fierce, and I think it would be a good fight. Yeah. Or if you can't get them, get Topnoy to do it. Oh, yeah, fine, Topnoy. Um, by the way, how sick or, was that? Or, 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 we, or we feed him Manny Pacquiao, Mario Sismundo. Oh, no, that would be an easy jobber fight. Um, what do you think about that choke, though? That leg scissors choke? I've never seen that before done in an MMA match, ever. That has to be a first. I find it. I find it so. I find it so funny how on this card, right? We had a few wrestling, pro wrestling submission moves and matches. Oh, but that, it's so funny that, that that move is an actual legit, uh, is a legit move in in jujitsu. I've had it done yeah. on me. It hurts a lot. It, yeah, it, and also, we had a move end with a pro wrestling hammerlock. Yes. Um. But uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh. So, I don't know if you also heard, uh, Scoggins says he wants to fight Tension in a kickboxing match. What do you guys think about that? That'd be a good uh, You know, I think Scoggins shouldn't get his hopes up. 
when it comes down to that because Scoggins is a pretty interesting figure in the fight world right now, as we'll talk about in the main event. But if Scoggins fought kickboxing, what, has he fought for Glory or any of the kickboxing promotions in the other countries? To be honest, I don't think so because when he was kickboxing, Glory World Series kickboxing wasn't around. But if you think about it, Scoggins need to put his aspirations on pause because he's also thinking about trying to be a professional wrestler, but I don't see him gaining 25 or 45 extra pounds just to do that. Oh, when do you say you want to be a pro wrestler? I don't... When well, he, well, if he wants to be a, well, if he wants to be a pro wrestler, he doesn't have to be a heavyweight. He can just be a junior heavyweight. Well, on... Uh, but in order to like, be a junior heavyweight, you would probably have to move up to 170 pounds and... Again, I don't see Scoggins doing that. Well, Scoggins um, tells me he he. Remember, well, there are guys who are smaller and they're and they're juniors. Well, Scoggins told me he walks around 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 like one forty five. Um, I, I you could be a one forty five pro wrestler now. Yeah, he he be a junior heavyweight in uh. But well, I'm curious when did, Christian? When did he say this? When did he say he's interested in pro wrestling? Oh, he said he was interested in pro wrestling, I think, in an interview with Mike Skye of MMASucker.com. But to be honest, like I said, I don't... I mean, either that or it was for BJPenn.com, but again, I don't really see him doing that hmm. unless he's really, really serious about it. Uh, so but what? So the kickboxing... Ma- his his aspirations for a kickboxing match with tension. No go on, on your end? You think... Don't even consider that. Hey, all I can say is when it comes down to the kickboxing bout against Tension, it would be a fun matchup, but they would probably need to wait until all the hype and hysteria after the Tension, I mean, after the Tension versus Mayweather bout dies down, which hopefully um, actually, I think it's actually, I think that he, I think it's already died down already in Japan right now. Yeah, it's just that we in uh, you know uh, you're doing uh, remember everybody's getting ready for the Rise Grand Prix right now. Uh-huh. But in the Western hemisphere they're basically saying that tensions a jobber and I mean tensions this and that and we'll get to that in the main event when we get there. But, but, well, fuck, well, fuck him. <laughs> it, it's good in, in Japan and the heat's died down already. Mm-hmm, exactly. But I thought, I th- well, Andrew, you agree with me? Well, uh, uh, whether the heat's died down for attention or uh, in Floyd? Yeah, the heat's died down for him and Floyd in Japan. And right now, attention is more is more focused on the Rise Grand Prix right now than giving a damn about any of any of that other nonsense. Uh, certainly so. Um, there was, you know, we did have a uh, famous MMA fighter kind of stir the pot a little bit recently as well. Then that kind of, that kind of brought it back up again. But other than, you know, the accusations of fake fighting uh, and rigged fighting and all that shit, um, uh, nonsense, you know, the most... Well, as Eric Eric Bischoff has said, controversy creates cash. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's still being... I think that the fight is actually still being talked about a little bit more here than in Japan. But the... uh, But with... uh, uh, Yeah, Japan is... Yeah, Judging from it, from Japan right now, they've already moved on already. Mm-hmm. I think so. I I think so. 
Look, actually, was an interesting tweet that a fan, that a Japanese fan actually said. Oh, uh-huh. do you remember what they said? Exactly, or... Uh, I remember. I think it was, inter- I think it was interpreted as the fans kind of blame, kind of pseudo blamed themselves for putting, ten- for pressuring tension in that situation. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. I think, if I remember, I think that's partly what they said. I, that's off the top of my head, but it was like a couple of weeks ago when I saw that tweet. I see, I see. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. That, that you know, but they do, but they, you know, but the press did say, if I remember, that they, they had a feeling that was going to happen, but they respect intention's bravery for even doing it, for even attempting it. Of course. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, well, he, so he didn't get buried. Man, they actually, they, he, he actually gained even more credit for doing it, for even taking it. Uh-huh. Well, it's, that's like when got st- it's, it's, a, it's like when Tanahashi's ex-girlfriend, who was a news anchor for a very big TV station, literally, literally drove a knife into his back. And he didn't call 911. He actually rode his bike all the way to the hospital with the knife still in his back. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much like a Paul Pierce thing. <laughs> and no, I not making that up. That legit. Wow. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was an impressive win for Matoya. Um, I hope Scotland comes back from this. I really do. He's a nice guy. Um, come back. He's got like three fights left. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Just, just gotta make sure you don't, you don't, you know, spread yourself too thin, too many hats in too many places. That's true, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, like, you know, just focus on the MMA kickboxing stuff first. And if you if you want to do pro wrestling, you bet, like, make sure you fully commit to it. Because, trust me, re- wrestling is a lot, lot more difficult than MMA. Uh-huh. Now, can we get to the next fight on our list? Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's get to this, this beauty. Oh, yes. Even though Yusuke Yachi came out in full Crazy Bee regalia, I guess, he even had his theme song partially changed to T.O.K.'s I Believe, which yep. was also... And he, was, got, he got put over like a million bucks. The yeah. crowd was literally... He came out, he got the big pop heroes welcome. He tied his hair. I think he learned from the Luis Gustavo situation. Yeah, and he also learned from his mentor's passing, Kid Yamamoto. Yep. Unfortunately, fate did not was not on his side today. That was the thorough ass whooping. Yep. Because Hollywood Johnny Case came in and, albeit, defeated him. But it was due to an eye cut at four minutes and forty-seven seconds of round number two. With the way Hollywood John Case, yeah, he got the rare Mm-hmm. With the win, Hollywood Johnny Case, the former UFC and PFL competitor from Jefferson, Iowa, USA, ups his record to twenty-seven. I mean, to twenty-five and six. Yachi sees his record decline to twenty and eight. For Johnny Case who was the only fighter of the two to get post-fight confessionals from, as Yachi was still pretty emotional after the loss. Johnny Case has nothing but respect for Yusuke Yachi, but believes without the cut, what would have been the same. 
The rise in atmosphere is incomparable to anything else he's fought in, and that's obviously including the UFC and the Pro Fighters League. He wants to be a part of the lightweight Grand Prix and get a fight against Takanoi Gomi, the fireball kid. He wants to remain in Ryzen because he feels better being there than in the octagon. And obviously, obviously, many people should say more that many people should say more of this, but he prefers fighting in a ring as opposed to a cage. So, I gotta ask, first of all, do you think that Yusuke and do you think we'll potentially see Johnny Case versus Takanoi Gomi? I apologize. What was that you said about y Yusuke Yachi, Christian? Do you think that Hollywood Johnny Case will return? I mean, do you think that Yusuke Yachi will bounce back from this? And do you think that we'll see, you know, do you think that we'll see Johnny Case versus Takanoi Gomi? Um, for the first question, Yachi, I hope so. He got pummeled for basically almost three rounds. And uh -huh. You all saw the picture of his eye after the fight. It was, yeah, that looked that, that looked bad. And to make it worse, not only was the eye swelling, but it was bleeding at the same time. Yeah. Um, it, I believe it was his right eye, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it was the right. And also, how rare do you see doctor stoppages in Ryzen? You don't see them that often. Indeed, you don't. Uh, and also, not to mention, uh, and I thought, and Case was telling me about this as well. Uh, he said he was also go. He would out also. Uh, he, he saw some of the holes he saw in Yashi was his wrestling. And if you remember, he got taken down pretty easily by Case as well during the match. Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, maybe round two, but uh, yeah, yeah, basically, Case must have been paying attention to his fight with Luis Gustavo. It took some pages from that. Uh, basically, yeah. Yachi. Did you see he, he rocked Yachi in the first round and immediately took him to the ground? That How hard that slam to the ring was? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, that was with authority. Like, Gates was not messing around. If He actually, I feel he earned the spot in the lightweight Grand Prix just from that performance alone. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, let's be honest. You know, again, this was a case of where I think they wanted Yachi to go over. And Case, you know, he played spoiler. Case came in there prepared. And, uh... It, that was a that was a statement win. Yeah, uh, whether he fights Gomi, listen, there's a lot of people going for Gomi now. Go, there's gonna be he's 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 the guy that 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 people are in line to fight. So I don't know if Case will fight Gomi. Gomi's like the most marked man in in JMMA. Right? It's so funny. That's that's so weird. I I find that very I find that so like he Gomi has become. Gomi's like He's like this old retired legend who just wants to chill and get drunk, and now everybody wants to bother him while he's at the bar. Yes, it's so funny. Um, also, I just wanted well, to... Because um, they just killed two birds with one stone. Who knows? Gomi might put himself in the lightweight Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, here's something interesting that um, that uh, Case said. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. He uh, threw some shade on the UFC during the press conference. He was, oh, that he did because he did say he prefers fighting in the up. I mean, he prefers fighting in a ring rather than an octagon. But rather than a yeah, he said more. Uh, the question was, do you feel like you're proving to the UFC and everyone else that you're still one of the top lightweights? And he replied back, "I'm over the UFC. It was a great, great. It was a good platform. They cut me. Whatever. Business is business. I still think I could win a lot of fights there." There's nowhere I'd rather be than Ryzen, 
working with Bellator, also the sky's the limit here. Uh, the UFC kind of uses people, and when they can't use them anymore, they let them go. Who wants to work for people like that? I want to work where I feel respected. I'm a company man. Man, he put over, no lie, he put Ryzen over pretty big in that promo. Oh yeah, no, he didn't say anything about like, you know, hey, you know, I enjoyed my time at UFC, you know, if they asked me back, I would, I would love to go back. He didn't, do, he didn't pull, he, he didn't mince words at all. He did not. Yeah, no lie, more people like that, you know, anybody who leaves from UFC and decides to come fight for Ryzen, you know, I mean, that is pretty much the chance, you know, tell, you know, let people know how you really feel. Like, he, you know, he pretty much said how he really felt. He wasn't coached to say that. That's really how he really feels, I feel, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, th- and also think about, you know, the stuff you can do fighting in Ryzen. You know, he doesn't have to be, you know, restricted on terms of, you know, getting sponsors. I'm pretty sure he's happy to get his own sponsors in the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person you yeah, can pretty much... Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can pretty much lose to in Ryzen is the scales. Exactly. Much, yeah. yeah. You know, he's getting... I'm pretty sure he's happy. You know, he's finally getting, you know, that extra sponsorship money that, you know, he could never get in the UFC. And I'm pretty sure anybody who comes to Ryzen and they figure out, hey, we can get... We can finally... We're not restricted on sponsors... You know, we can get that extra money for ourselves. You know, that's a pretty good thing to have. You know, Kiyoshi's been living the fruit of that benefit. Hey, Teep, are you here? I am here. What's up, man? I want to know if you if you uh, want to give your thoughts on the Yusuke Yachi uh, Johnny Case fight, lightweight fight that happened. No, just keep moving. I'm having some technical issues. I'm here right now. I'm in and out. Keep rolling. Oh, okay. Okay, no problem. Uh, yeah, I think you said it best, Joseph. This was a statement win. This. He's keeping the, uh, the benefits of being in Ryzen, you know, in terms of, you know, getting, like, the sponsorship money, you know, he's getting more exposure. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely, you know, there's that. And, um, yeah, like you said, this is a statement win. Um, you, I, he, he earned that, he's going to earn that spot in the, in the lightweight tournament now. Um, now the question is, though, what do you do with Yachi at this point? He's all, he, he just lost his last two fights in Ryzen, um... Knockout, uh, some sort of uh, variation of, of a of a TKO knockout. What do you do with him? Um, I say tuna fights. Uh, I think now it's the time to put him through like some tuna fights for now, um, before putting him before he can even think about getting a spot in the lightweight grand prix. Yeah, but what jobber would want to face off against Johnny Case if he's going to be treated as a big deal there? Hmm. Well, Johnny Case right now is pushing for, I guess, the Gomi fight for now. Uh, maybe put him against, um, let me see, maybe put it against Luis Gustavo? Again? Hmm. No, put yeah, Johnny Case against Luis Gustavo. Oh, I know. Also, you gotta keep in mind, Luis Gustavo is not a lightweight fighter. He took that fight on a week's notice without, without cutting any weight. He's normally fights at featherweight. Oh. Oh, he's a featherweight fighter. Yeah, you go back and watch the Yachi fight. Yachi looks looks like he's two weight classes above him. Uh, no, I didn't know when weight class Gustavo fights him. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. Say, remember he was supposed to fight um, uh, Christian. Who was uh, Yachi supposed to fight initially uh, in that match? Uh, Bruno was a Bruno Carvalho. Bruno Carvalho. I was about to say Bruno Cap- Caposa, but I was like, no way, that's not that can't be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Is he, uh, I, I guess no, you... No, I'm saying put, no, I'm saying put Yachi against uh, Bruno Cavallo, get that fight that was supposed to happen originally. Yeah, but if you put him up against a jobber, I don't know if Bruno Cavallo is, is the right type of jobber to put him up against. Hmm. Um, yeah, this is actually uh, pretty tough. Um, does he still know, fight? Because uh, you know, right, even, you know, even people who we think are jobbers could not be jobbers, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, does he still, does, does, does Yachi still fight for PXC, um, Christian? Do you know that if he does? No, I mean, that ship I, I think I, specific I extreme think combat has exclusive. all since sailed. Oh, it is? <laughs> uh, I think he's rising exclusive now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, maybe put him against, hmm. Um. Well, I was going to say Mikru, but no, Mikru would probably kill him. Um, well, here's the thing. Yashi would have the size advantage in that fight since uh, uh, Oscar, Oscar, uh, Mikuru fights at featherweight. Um, you know who's the only jobber? <laughs> I should always call him a jobber, and I, w- I wouldn't want the fight to happen. But the only person who, you know, who I can definitely see Yashi defeating at this point, who I could definitely, like, if you, were to, if you held a gun to my head and I had to think of somebody... Kawajiri. Yeah, but Kawajiri might be done at this point. That's the thing as well. He might be done, and also I wouldn't want. I think that Yashi would fuck up Kawajiri. Uh, not the mince words. I think he would destroy him at this point. Um, who's a? Oh, uh, there's there's not a lot of. Uh, you might just have to put him against a a level level uh, fighter. We might, have to, well, we might have to think about past the lightweights that we've seen in Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, here's the thing as well. Do you, and Lightweight and Featherweight, who have, you, fought, who have made appearances in Rising. Do you think that uh, that that he that he will get a spot in the uh, Lightweight Tournament and uh, Lightweight Grand Prix, just given his history of Rising? Yeah, he's always, he's he lost his last two fights, but he's but he won his other ones. Yeah, he might be put in here for name value, but it also might affect where he's placed in the block. Which is fair, you know. If you want to put him against an easier opponent in the block, I think that's fair. At this point, I don't think you'd want to rematch him with Darren, even though he beat him, or Kitaoka. Um, certainly not Damian Brown. I'm against uh, Johnny Case. No, 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 not at all. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's very hard. You know, he, you know what, you know, he might be good for. He might be good for an alternate, an alternate bout. Uh, backup fighter. Yeah, backup fighter in case somebody gets injured. Have him an alternate bout against. Um, Maybe someone who doesn't usually compete at at one fifty five, or maybe doesn't ha- who's maybe like four and three, or or four and two opponent in Japan. Um, oh, what about Ozawa Tyson Ozawa? Oh no! As a curtain jerker fight, I hope he doesn't get killed. Well, here's the thing: it could be an alternate. They both lost. They both got teak. Uh, te- oh. You know. Yeah, because we know there's going to be at least one fight during the Grand Prix that's going to be who's going to be the backup fighter. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, I think that Yachi could beat Osawa. And is anybody agreeing with me? Uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be like the perfect squash opponent. I, I hate to call Ozawa uh, a squash opponent, but, you know, given that fact that, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't advance in the uh, Road to UFC Japan um, um, tournament, he got, he got uh, mauled by Azerbaijan this time. 
You know, it might that might be the fight to make. Put those two against each other. I vote for I vote I officially put it down. I say put Yachi and Tyson Ozawa on either a B show or you know if it's at a Ryzen Grand Prix show on the alternate on as an alternate um for the lightweight Grand Prix. I'm officially I'm officially saying that officially now. <laughs> but uh, great. I, I, I mind seeing that. Sorry, uh, Joseph. You're, you're you're very far away from the phone. What was that you said? I feel like that might be like the best option. Okay. Or to put him on tuna yeah, I I say going. You know, that, do, if you want Yachi to to uh, to, to uh, build back up Yachi, that's a fight to make. By the way, I just want to say, um, we didn't talk about it, but for this one, I like to talk about it. the uh, the the pre uh, the, the 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 videos, um, the, um, the 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 hype videos that 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 Ryzen played for the uh, fights before the fights, and uh, what everybody think of the uh, memorial that he that he was given to uh, Kid Yamamoto at uh, Yamamoto's funeral. That was touching. Even though I couldn't understand a word he said, which is pretty. Which is pretty natural because of the language barrier. You can feel the emotion that Yusuke Yachi was feeling at that time. Uh, oh, yes. It was very powerful. Very, very powerful. Yeah. There were a lot of powerful um, video packages um, during this event. Especially with all the people who are connected to the kid in some way. Um, also, uh, apparently, uh, the uh, throughout the night, uh, they were giving the... the Ryzen was giving a weird uh, Japanese uh, English uh, uh, nicknames to the fighters. They gave Johnny Case. They called him Hollywood's Fight of the Night Factory. <laughs> well, that is kind of crazy because, you know, he is a Fight of the Night getter. Was this, did this fight live up to the hype, though, do you think? Uh, a lot of people thought it would be a, an exciting fight. Do you, would you say it was? I think that if the fight would have went on a little longer, if the fight would have went on a little bit longer, Case would have probably, I mean, shit, Case would have probably won either way, but hey, probably would have been a fight of the night candidate, just like how it was, I mean, just like how it was when he was in the UFC. Um, also, apparently, when the ref called timeouts, Johnny Case was like screaming, like, come the fuck on, let's go, let's go, in the background. I didn't hear that. Did anybody else hear that? Nope. Joseph, did you hear anything uh, of that sort? No, I, uh, no, I didn't hear that. Someone, there were people saying on Twitter that, like, he was, like, screaming for, like, to, like, to start the fight, start the fight, like, this is bullshit or some shit uh, like that. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I don't think he understands that's not how that works. This is not the UFC. Uh huh. But a uh, great win for for Case. I think we'll definitely be seeing him in Ryzen again. Hopefully. Uh, oh, we will. Yeah, hopefully so. And with that, you know, we could uh, want to continue the uh, Kid Yamamoto train with the next fight. 
Oh, yes. And the Kid Yamamoto Memorial fight that happened. This was at a catch weight of 143 pounds. Or... Hey, guys, I'll be right back. Okay, okay. But still, the next fight that happened was the Kid Yamamoto Memorial fight. That was contested at featherweight, 65 kilos, 143 pounds. And the man that Kid Yamamoto made a highlight off of, Kazuyuki Little Hercules Miyata, defeated Urson, I mean, defeated Kid's nephew, Urson Yamamoto, via hammerlock submission at 3 minutes and 23 seconds of round number two. Now, even though. No, wait, actually, first of all, let me get the post-fight confessionals from Mike Skite. Erson said that he aimed for a third-round finish but was surprised by Miata's ground moves. He thought he can control the fight against Miata. He was very appreciative to be chosen as Miata's final opponent. He's going to take some time off because his girlfriend's going to have a baby next month, February. And he thanks Ryzen for the consistent bookings despite taking consistent losses. As for Miata, he seems to be backtracking on his retirement plan because fighting is starting to feel fun for him again. As you probably heard, he said in the he said his post fight speech that he was gonna take more time to go back to Brave Gym, his gym, and start training the next generation of fighters. But he believes that he can do more in MMA. He knew that he and Ursin Yamamoto were open to flying knees, and he has tons of praise for Ursin Yamamoto and his fight in the future. So, you're still here. What are your thoughts about Kazuyuki Miyata possible backing out of his retirement? And do you think that we'll see more, not only in a rising ring, but in MMA? Despite his record, which is now three and five. Well, actually, no, it's two and four now. Is that in a rising ring or is that overall? Overall. Oh, okay. Um, regarding uh, Miata, it seemed he seemed pretty sure on retiring. He didn't seem. I mean, I, he seemed to like like he said he he appeared to be like I'm done. I'm done with this. You know, it was fun. I'll train the next guys. Maybe do a grappling thing, exhibition bout in the future. But he seemed to be like, done, done. Um, uh, at least from the, uh, from what he was saying in the ring when they, uh, when they gave him the, uh, mic. Um. Alright, Ian, I'm back. Ah, welcome back, Joseph. Um, regarding Arison, ugh. You know, Arison's gotta work on his ground game. It's not that good. He needs to work on ground defense. Yeah, Arison can't catch a break. Um, you, I can forgive the knockouts, I can forgive, you know, that sort of thing, but he's just, his, his ground defense is, is not that good. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, so that hammerlock submission, I, when I was a white belt in jiu-jitsu, I got tapped out of that because I tried to put my hand in my belt, uh, to try to, like, prevent the person from grabbing my arm, but that actually made it much more easier for them to grab my arm and do that exact same type of, of submission, and that's kind of something that you just, you kind of weren't on day one, and then you never do it ever again. And so, Arison basically got tapped out of a move that is very, that is like, basic on, on day one of jiu-jitsu, that you learn to not get caught in. Uh-huh. And, um, basically, yeah, his, 
he's got to he's he's got to be put up. He's got to be matched up with opponents that are not at his skill level that he can easily uh, just like wrestle fuck, like uh, like his mom does. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's true. You know, you know, you gotta fight. You gotta you gotta fight to your strengths. And let's be honest, him going to the ground, being on the ground, is not to his strength. He needs to not. He needs to not get taken down to the ground um, at all. You know, the the Manel Cape flash knockout. You know that can happen to anybody. But the the, the his 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 um loss against Crone. Uh, I think he lost against Crone. Um, this fight, um, trying to remember who was his other, he had his one win, he had the one win in, uh, against, um, I think it was, uh, Saiga in Ryzen. He's on Mon Saiga. Yeah. Yes, and that was actually even a split decision win, if I remember correctly, um, where they were just. Yeah. Hey, uh, guys, I gotta get off real quick, but I'll be back on, I gotta take a, I gotta do a phone call, I gotta take it. Okay, we'll uh, still be here. Um, uh, Tokoro was the other one, he got an arm bar by Tokoro, um, and if you want to just look at his record, the only fight he's ever finished was a doctor stoppage in uh, King of the Cage, and um, it was against an opponent who was who was one and four. Um, so it's just you know he's twenty two. He's obviously can grow as a fighter, but he needs to improve fast because his record is starting to to really reflect badly upon who he is as a fighter. What are your thoughts, Christian? Eh, I think that he needs to improve more on some of the basics when it comes down to fighting because, you know, it'll only be a matter of time before people start to realize, hey, this guy's no good, he's a fucking bum, he'll never be like his uncle, and, you know, people are start. I mean, people probably, real. the second people realize that, they'll know that it'll be time for him to hang up the gloves and, you know, go do something constructive, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to remember. He, I think he fought Crone at uh, at at. I'm gonna guess um, featherweight, uh, yep. which is obviously not Airson's weight class. But he did fight uh, Saiga at. Um, says here that it was at catch weight of 62 kilograms, which I think is a, around. Uh, oh, it's 136. Okay, so his weight class seems to be one the 135 pounds area. I don't know. Do you think he could maybe go, could he go down to one twenty five? Fight people on that level? Nah, I don't think his body would tolerate fighting at flyweights. Oh, damn. I mean, if he does, good for him. But I don't see. I don't think that his body would tolerate that. Um. Uh. By the way, actually, uh, before we talk more about the fight, what do you think of the double jumping running knee that they both tried to do to each other? <laughs> It's just so funny. They had the same idea. That was so cool. I thought that was great. Yeah, they both wanted to do that, obviously, as an ode to Kid Yamamoto, because obviously, Kazuyuki Miyata was the biggest win of Kid Yamamoto's career, that four-second knockout, which is one of, which is probably the fastest in MMA history, modern MMA history. But still, point of the matter, I thought that was cool, and <laughs> it was pretty special. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad that, you know, it, 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 this was a hard fight to make, because, um, uh, um, 
you know, you want you know, you want the retired the guy, you know, you can either make the argument, oh, that the guy who retires, you know, should get a win, one last win. But then, you know, you want wanted Urson to get a win, you know, the kind of like, you know, not avenge, but 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 you know, the guy who kid beat you beat now as well. So it was a, it was a very hard to fight to pick a, a, a someone who I wanted to win. In a weird way, I kind of wanted both to win. That makes sense. I I did pick Miyata, uh, just because I think he was a better overall fighter. Um, uh-huh. But I mean, like, I don't know what you do next with Arison. What do you What do you think you would do with him at this point? Uh, carton jerking, to be honest. Uh, but well, I just hope that they find. I mean, I just hope that he goes back to the gym and learns the basics, or starts to learn more of the fundamentals of fighting. Because if he keeps taking L's like this, his career might be over. You think Ryzen would cut him? Or not renew him? No. Or? No, they're not going to cut him because obviously if his mother's doing well, there's no way they're going to cut him. Is that so if long? the rest of his crazy B-Camp members are doing well, they're not going to cut him. If he does well, if he learns from the fundamentals of Crazy B with all those great fighters and his mother being around there, supporting him and training him to do well, then they're not going to cut him. Who would you match him up against with? To be honest, I really don't know, just as long as it's an opponent that he knows he can handle. Like, for example, probably one of these regional guys from the U.S. scene or from a small European country. Do you have that in Ryzen, or do you tell him, you know, go back to King the Cage, or go to Deep, or something, and, and you fight somebody there? Uh, you know what? Wherever he goes on his next fight, it could be either Ryzen, King of the Cage, or Deep. You know, basically you would tell him, hey, if you keep winning in either of these two places, King of the Cage or Deep will put you back on the Ryzen card. But if you win... I mean, but if you fight here, if you're going to continue to fight here, you're going to have to learn how to go. I mean, you're going to have to improve, pretty much. By the way, what do you think about that? how he tried to hold on to that, onto that arm, hammerlock? He, was, he did not want to give up. He was trying so hard to survive that round. Uh-huh. And what round was this? Second or third? I believe it was the second round. Yeah. Oh, well, he... I mean, he tried, but hey... You know, he was willing to. He was willing to come from within, I guess. But still, when it came down to that, he should have. He probably could have done more. Oh yes, he absolutely could have. Um, but it was it was cool. We got two unique submissions in one show. That was a. Uh, I don't know if that's the first Horizon, but it's it certainly made this show incredibly memorable with uh, the scissors TP choke. By uh, Matoya, and now we have the uh, Hammerlock uh, by Miata. Uh huh. And with that, um, we have one more fight on the uh, Kid Yamamoto train that we gotta talk about. Uh huh. And the next fight, well, it pretty much proved that the Crazy B train was pretty much double X field. If you know what I mean, double X chromosome, women. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
It was a 112-pound or 51-kilogram catchweight fight as fighting, I mean, as Crazy Bees fighting Queen Bee, Miyu Yamamoto, defeated professional wrestler and former two-time Megumi Fuji E victim, Miko Nagano, the future angel, via unanimous decision. And of course, after the fight, Mew was pretty emotional. I think I jotted down on the MMA Opinion Facebook page that she wanted to thank the folks in Toronto and Guam for their help. And she was sorry that she didn't get the win via finish. Right, okay, guys, I'm back. Oh, okay, Joseph. We're just talking about the Miyu versus Mika fight. But anyways, Mika Nagato did not come out for post-fight confessionals, but Miyu did say in the Rising 14 post-fight confessionals that she was disappointed in her performance. She wanted to strike more and get the finish, but she'll do better next time. She and Urson wants to return back to the Rising ring as soon as possible. She aims to never take an L again and knows that her brother, Noifumi Kid, is watching from up above. And she was completely, she's completely surprised, constantly surprised by what goes on in the Rising Ring and says that the shows keep getting better and better. So I have to ask, y'all asking me who's going to match up with who and what, who should be matching up with Miyu Yamamoto and... Do you think she should possibly move up to flyweight? Joseph, I'll let you get the, I'll let you get in on this. Um, either she could move up to flyweight or stay in super atom weight. Um, what weight was she fighting in for this fight? I can't remember. One hundred and twelve pounds, fifty-one kilos, which is actually straw weight here in the states. Um, I think she found her niche in atom weight. Uh-huh. Um, maybe give her a rematch with Irene Cabello? Hopefully so, but the problem is, Irene Cabello, I think, is now signed to Combate Americas. But Man, it only... signing with Combate Americas. Jesus. Um, yeah. What about, uh... I mean, if that fight does happen, it'll come down to if Campbell McLaren allows Cabello to fight on another rising card. Um, how about uh, Maria Oliveira? Is she available? Oh, yeah, she is available. She was recently on that Dana White Contender Series Brazil show, but they ah, didn't damn. sign her. Oh, they yeah. didn't sign her. Idiots. Does she still train with Amanda Nunes? Uh, yeah, I think she does at PVT, but now Amanda Nunes is now training out of American Top Team, Coconut Creek, Florida. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, I forgot. Yeah, she, yeah, she, uh, she I say put Mew against uh, Maria Oliveira. Oh, yeah, that would, that would, well, or, or if we want a grappling battle, put her against Alyssa Garcia. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, here's the thing. Yeah. You, you, you said flyweight. Um, I think she'd be too small at flyweight. Uh, and, uh, do you think that maybe strawweight would be the, uh, the perfect balance? Hey. Well, I think. Well, I think the perfect balance for her is super atom weight and straw weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the you know, I'm, and you know, you might be interested uh, when I when we talk about uh, the later uh, the super atom weight match. Um, I you know, Yamamoto, she has uh, I think she has three. Does she have three straight wins now in uh, Ryzen? Yes. 
Okay, so, um, I mean, they're all decision wins. Here's the thing, though. Do you think that she has, earned, even with the wins, can, you know, there are some people who win, but, you know, when you look at how they fought, you go, that person, that they, 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 they won because of, of they fought smart, but they didn't fight a good fight. You know what I'm saying? Do you think me, you, um, most, go ahead. Sorry, Joseph. Uh, a win, and my argument is, um, a win is a win, uh, you know, no matter how you look at it, you know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. This ain't ballet. As long as you get the W and you, and you know what I mean, that's better. And like, what do you want to do? Um, go guns blazing and risk, um, massive amounts of damage to you that will affect you in the long term or try to fight, or try to fight smart. Well, here's the thing. I like to say this with like, about John Fitch, who I, I don't know if we all agree that he might be the most boring fighter of all time, or at least top 10 in that area. Uh, John Fitch was able to win fights by basically laying on people. Do you want well, some... It's not like Miu like is purposely doing that. Oh. Miko is constantly taking it down. But I'm saying, like, does me Like, me For Miu to, you know... She... And we saw this with the Andy Nguyen fights. Um... She tried to go for that armbar in the very last round, and she probably would have had it, but she didn't get it. And I think that's the one thing she's that she's fishing for right now is a decisive finish in one of her fights, in one of her wins, and she hasn't gotten that yeah, yet. Yeah, but if you think about it, it probably wouldn't make sense to book her, I mean, me, you, against Andy Nguyen anymore. Oh, no. It would probably make more sense to book her in a fight probably against somebody among the lines of Casey Robb even though her career, as as I'm trying to send to y'all, her career is basically now sliding down the pole of obscurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, man, 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 she jobbing for life? Uh, yeah, I guess you can say that, Joseph. But still... Well, here's the thing. If you want for you to get a title shot, right, I, she has to face Kana Sakura to get the title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you... I mean... Who wins that one? Do you think? Um, I don't know. I it, it, well, I don't know. It's going to be. Um, I would say Kana. You would pro- like Kana probably couldn't win, but that's assuming if Mew um, makes any reckless mistakes on the ground. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If there's anything we can learn that we that we talked about in the previous fight with Arison Yamamoto, Yamamoto's tend to make reckless mistakes on the ground, and that's how they lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like Kana will probably have some difficulty picking up and slamming her, though. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of wrestling and slamming all that stuff, how stupid was Mika Nagano trying to take down Miyu in this fight? I, she tried to do that all three rounds. And I'm just thinking, why the fuck are you trying to take down an Olympic Olympic level wrestler down? Why would you do maybe that? She got maybe she got super desperate, and maybe that was a risk she was willing to take. She almost got the submission a few times. Um. Oh yeah. Let, anyway. let me see. Uh, I might see my notes. We're about that. Um. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, for the first round, I had um um she, I think uh, well, she was attempting submissions. At yeah, Miyu uh, almost finished. Uh, looked like she was finishing her with hammer fists, but then she lost the she lost that position. Um, in that in the first round, um, nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, Nagano tried to trip Miyu, but she reversed and tripped. Uh, Nagano, that's in the second round, 
And then third round, I think she just tried for a blatant takedown and got stuffed and put to the ground. I, I, I think Mika got, I think Mika just went, got like extremely desperate and she, I guess, stepped out of whatever the game plan was, was going to be. Um, it was that, she I did, think she, I, I think she was just acting reckless. I think she was just being, uh, she was just making bad decisions during the, uh, the fight. Yeah, she did not fight smart at all. Yeah, I think it would have been better for her to keep the fight standing. Yeah, probably. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, that's a lot harder. That's a lot. Or wait for you to create openings for you to go for a takedown. Like, don't go for a takedown like the first five seconds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, we had some. Because Mew could have easily like countered it and put her in a guillotine right there, or could have just caught her with a knee, knee to the face. Yeah. Um, we the, the, that is an interesting matchup, though. I, was it? Did you say? Did someone say Alyssa Garcia before? I thought I heard somebody say Alyssa Garcia. Uh, Yeah, put you could either put Miyu Yamamoto either against Alyssa Garcia or put her or if if they or assuming if they want to put Miyu in a title contendership, she would have to face Kama Asakura, who would be second in rank of that super Adam Weight hierarchy. Uh huh. Is that a fight though that you want to do at this point? I don't know. Mm. Well, that'd be a fight you could do later on, but you could still do like the Miyu Alyssa Garcia. And then you could do uh, assume, and whoever wins that fight will face uh, will face you know Kana Asakura for the right to challenge for the Super Adamly title. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that's fair. I think it's a fair statement. Because remember, you need you need that number two spot to challenge for the number one spot. Yeah. And I and I and I feel that that's pretty that's pretty reasonable. That's pretty fair, right? I think so, Christian. What do you think about that? Hey, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Because, you know, if you do that, Alyssa wins, then you get the rematch between her and Kana Sakura that, you know, she wants, right? Or if you get, or if, if or if Mew wins, we get a, you know, we get a very interesting match because you have two people of wrestling background. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'd be like, you know, age versus experience. You also got to be careful, though. Sometimes when two wrestlers go up against each other, they, it negates the, the entire wrestling game. Which is good sometimes and bad other times. Yeah, but I feel Kana might have a little bit more on that though. Yeah, I think so. I would, I would say so. Because you know, Kana, when 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 she when she's in her element on the ground, like you've seen how slippery she is on the ground. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. She would. You know, it's just that in the title match, you know, that we'll get to in a little bit. You know, it was just a situation where it was, it, it, she was she was just in flux. You know, because you know, that was like complete canceling up, and I, and you know, she didn't, and, and, and you know, she didn't do what brought her to the dance. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I feel, you know, when we get to that, you know, but I'll save that for when we get to the Super Adamly title fight because I have a few things I want to say about that. But, but, but I feel that you know, if you, if we do this with you, either have her face Alyssa, and whoever wins that fight will face Kana Sakura for the right to challenge for the Super Adamly title. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you know. I, I feel you know. We should do that, and I and, you know, and I feel you know that you know it would be a it would be a good fight. In terms of uh, of of the quality of fights, though, this is uh, on the on the entire card. This was actually my least favorite fight. I oh, actually. Yeah. Sorry. But, yeah. No, I said I said that's fair, but I think, but you know, I think of this. You know, if we if we go with my idea, because you know. You could have 
You even have the rematch, and Kana has name value. Dobresh, he's a name, now. Mm-hmm. Or if you had Mio and Kana fight, then you have double the name value. Mm-hmm. Now, do y'all want to continue with the rest of the card since we talked about the possibility That's of Mio versus Kana? Because, yeah, because I think that we're probably going to talk more about the possibility of kind of faced off against Alyssa Garcia when the time happens, when we talk about the anime title. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the three of us and, you know, Teep, if, if, if he can get away from the clutches of Chatri, uh, that we were all going to have varying opinions regarding the Super anime title. Exactly. But, but still, it's mostly because of the fact that Mark Yu I mean, that Mark, or Mark Q, basically sent us a question about the possibility of Kana Asakura versus Alyssa Garcia. But, yeah, let's go ahead and continue on with the rest of the card. And this off myself and Andrew Benjamin were completely surprised in how it turned. And in a lightweight contest, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia native, Damian Beatdown Brown defeated the Detroit superstar from Wayne, Michigan, USA, Darren Crookshank, via submission at 4 minutes, 10 seconds of the very first round. Of Man, course, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. When I saw when, when we were, when I saw this fight, right, I'm, I was watching this live just the same as you guys were. Um, I was, like, first, Aaron was dominating this fight from the stand-up. And for some weird reason... And instead of keeping the fight stand-up, he had Damien in on the ropes, as you guys saw in that fight. He stupidly went for a takedown and immediately got guillotined. And I'm like, you dude, you were winning the fight. Why would you go for a guillotine? Why would you try to go for a takedown now? Well, I can answer that. I can answer that very easily. So during the post-fight press conference, um, when Darren was asked about that, uh, uh, when I get the exact quote, um... Uh, was it? Well, if you want, I, I can go ahead and talk yeah. about the post-fight notes that Mike Scott. Yeah, had. you go ahead with that because you can probably find it faster than I can, uh, Christian. Oh yeah, Darren Crookshank said that Brown. I mean that Damian Brown was slow and had quote unquote old man strength. He claimed Brown didn't defeat him because, of course, like Manel Cape in the fight against Oka Sasaki, Darren screwed Darren. <laughs> he defeated himself pretty much is what I'm trying to say you know I should tell you about something that Darren said during a James Lynch interview uh, there was a James no like there was a James Lynch interview I saw where he was like this was going to be originally his last fight and he said that you know if he won this fight um, that he would have used that as a uh, to try to negotiate for more money for Rising uh huh or but for anybody who throws an offer at him Obviously, now he's backtracking because he wants to remain in Ryzen and he's targeted a rematch with Damian Brown in the lightweight Grand Prix. And much like Miyu Yamamoto, he continues to be impressed by what guess, Ryzen has yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, actually, well, I, I, guess, I, I, guess it cha- I guess it changed his mind. I, I guess they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> well, yeah, here's just uh, to I tell you, Joseph, just to answer your question about why he went for that takedown. Um, so he, the question he was asked was, um, uh, let's see, 
well, uh, he, uh, he being Brown, made some evaluation about when you try to take opponents down. Are his comments correct? And D Crookshank replied, he didn't hit me. I think I heard the one minute mark and I thought I should finish the round on top. So basically he was saying he, he wanted to finish the round strong uh, on top. You know, just get those extra points. So that's why he went for that takedown, which obviously didn't work out in the end. Uh, yeah, but you know, but but Andrew, weren't you baffled when he went for the takedown? He was dominating the fight on stand. No, I wasn't. I was more baffled that he got caught so easily. I was like, I thought, you know, this is he's a he's an NCAA collegiate wrestler. I think Division One, if I remember correctly. Um, and what? Do you think, like, do you think Damien uh, like put himself on did that on purpose to bait him to do that, or do you think it was just coincidence and, and luck? Um. Let's see. When I talked to Damian Brown, um, they he did. You know, Damian Brown is I is, I believe is a black belt in jujitsu. His his strongest his strongest wins are, are on the ground. And I, and I we when we were doing the preview podcast, I said if this fight goes to the ground, Damian will win this fight. And that's exactly what happened. So no doubt he was trained for jiu he, he no doubt trained jujitsu and grappling for this match. But you know, if you're going to try to take down a if you're a wrestler and you're going to take down a black belt. Uh, to the ground. You gotta make sure your head's nowhere near the side, or else he's gonna lock that, yeah. gonna lock that bitch in. That's the mistake that yeah. that Darren made. If he had just put his 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 head to his chest, or you know, to his his belly area, you know, not not exactly leave it open on the side like he did, he could have taken him down probably and finished around on top like he said he would have. See, you know, and this is you know, this, and I was actually thinking about this when I was when if you watch Cormier at his heavyweight matches. The reason why he was able to take down people so easily, not get like choked out, is because he's so short. Damian Brown and, and, and Crookshank only have like a one or inch or two inch, two inch height difference between each other. It's a lot yeah, harder. Like, uh, no, I was thinking, you know, was is Damian like letting himself get his ass kicked on the stand up on purpose? Well, he did say that he that he that, he, that his 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 goal was to bring in bring uh, Darren into the pocket and defeat him that way. So it, I think it was part of the plan. You know, the only the plan was just not to get knocked out. Um, especially from that, do you remember that, that spinning elbow that he gave to, uh, to Brown? That, oh God, do you, it was in the first yeah, round. Damien was like taking a beating, man. He, I thought he should have like protected his head more. That's the thing. Is that, oh, and, uh, speaking of Damien, Damien Brown, he said he liked, he liked Darren Crookshank, but he predicted that submission victory. He claims that the Rising Fighting Federation has treated him like royalty. He considers... Darren Crookshank to be a key rising fighter and wants to establish a similar spot, just like what Crookshank has done for himself. And he aims to retire in the rising ring. No, oh, good Any for him. Thoughts about that? Good for him. Class. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're treating him well. You know, he's being paid the, the money he deserves to be paid. The trip isn't as brutal. He can go from Australia to Japan. He doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to be that brutal of a match. Actually, you know, here's the funny thing. Do you know? Uh, he also told me um, that uh, he was initially supposed to fight Yachi um, back in um, back in the July show. Yeah, but at the time, I think he was still having to go through all the cow webs of being cut by the UFC. Oh, entirely. And the fact that he was injured at the time. Yes, yeah, he was dealing with some with uh, ankle or leg or some or a calf injury, something along those lines. Um, 
And actually, that's a good do thing. You that's... Think, do you guys feel that you know that, that you know that Damien that that would be like an opening of the gate for more Australian fighters to come to Ryzen? Oh sure, probably so. Um, I'm not so sure which I forgot which team he fights for. I think it's Integrated MMA out of Brisbane. Uh, yeah, Integrated Integrated MMA out of Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. I, I don't know who else fights for for that for that team. Um. Off the top of my well, head, I'm pretty sure that the uh, that his coach and his agents are happy. Actually, it's funny that was that was actually a great week for Australians. You had Volkanovski uh, finishing Chad Mendez. You had uh, Brown doing this. It was it, that was the Australians' week for to win MMA. Yeah, and the yeah. crazy thing about the Volkanovski fight is that he retired Chad Mendez. Ah, yes, that too, that too. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, you should have asked him. Uh, you should have asked Brown how did it feel to get that that Saitama payday. Yeah. Um, I do the payday. I think I I think they 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 get um. I think it's basically like like it's like the old Pride days, like seven seven fifty seventy fifty is it? Um, Christian, you know probably know more about how Pride used to pay their guys, like seventy the show. Uh, not exactly in the amount of money, but I know they paid them a large sum of money. Yeah, basically, it's like you know. I think it's like you. Uh, if I remember, it was in cash, right? Um, I think yeah. So he he got he got show money and win money. I believe that's how they do it for um for Ryzen. Yeah, Andrew, you should have asked, you should have asked him. You know how how to feel to get that Saitama payday. <laughs> I, uh, uh-huh. Well, speaking of payday, and it could be a, a a good payday. Um, one of the questions that we have. Uh, this is from Vinny Gabagool. Uh, at Twitter, the Twitter handle is at Dad Valley Driver. And I, I hope everybody did the research because this 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 might take this might actually be one the second longest discussion we'll have. Who would everyone oh, like to see compete in the lightweight Grand Prix? Oh God! Uh, we got a lot of fighters, and Damian Brown's definitely won them. He earned uh, his spot. Yeah. Well, the big question is how many how many slots do you think are going to be in the Grand Prix? Are we going to get twelve slots, eight slots, sixteen slots? I would. 64? Well, I don't know if I want to see 64 people fighting for the lightweight title. Um, <laughs> that would be fucking insane. Um,. You never know, man. One day we might get an MMA tournament that is but, 64 people. You know, other people that could be added to the tournament, you know, we'll connect this with Damian Brown as well. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Brandau and and uh, Brown, Brandau and Brown, had a... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen. They've been beefing with each other on Twitter a lot lately. Not anymore, though, because uh, Brandau blocked uh, Brown on Twitter. Yeah, Brown must have really been owning him in the Twitter arguments, I guess. Uh, and now, and then we also had, uh, just recently released, uh, UFC fighter Hick Diaz, uh, Jason Knight, call out Damian Brown for a fight in Ryzen. Huh. You know, when it comes down to Damian Brown, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to that potential fight, I wouldn't mind seeing Hick Diaz take on Damian Brown as a, as the next opponent for him. And also, then we got Damian Brown calling out Gomi. I find it funny. Gomi's a marked man. Now Damian Brown is starting to become a semi-marked man. It's amazing how people from the UFC, like, they're, they're fleeing the rising. 
And also, not to mention... Yeah, because they know that in Ryzen, you're going to get those big Saitama paydays. Also, listen to this as well. Case wants to fight Gomi, and, you know, one of the things that Case has talked about is, you know, hey, if I got to go through Brown to get Gomi, I'll do that. So every... the uh, light, So officially, the lightweight division may be the most stacked division in Ryzen at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. This will this will probably be like the like the. This will probably we'll, 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 you know we'll be able to do what pro, you know we'll, we'll be able to get that Grand Prix that we couldn't get from Pride before they went under. Uh yeah. When I talked to Brown, he said he'll fight anybody. He says he doesn't you know you know money's right. You know he'll fight Musayev. He'll fight he'll fight Brandau. He'll fight anybody. He'll rematch with Crookshank. Um, he wasn't. Hey, he what actually, about that guy? Who, what about that uh, Diego Nunez? Is Diego Nunez lightweight? Last year. Yes. Yes. And he was, uh, he, he almost I'm did, sure. I, sorry, go ahead, yeah, Joseph. He almost, he almost beat Yachi, if you remember correctly. He asked, yeah. Yachi, yeah, he actually gassed, outlasted Yachi in the gas tank department. And actually, uh-huh. he did, he got knocked out. I'm, I, I contend that he got knocked out, I think it was during the second round. Yachi did an up kick, and Nunez went down on, on, uh, on, on Yachi, but the referee didn't see it. I contend that Yachi knocked him out. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I, I think Diego Nunez might also might get a piece of that lightweight Grand Prix. Absolutely, he should. He had one of the best fights last year. Absolutely, one of the best fights last year against Yachi. Uh, yeah, you got Brandau, you got Brown, you got Crookshank. Yeah. You no, know, Crookshank still. Yeah, so that's where we're still. How many slots do you think will be in the lightweight Grand Prix? Are we going to do an eight man, twelve? I I think you, you could do sixteen. Not be sixty four because if you think March Madness in the NCAA tournament is long enough. That right? If they ever do a sixty man, if they ever do a sixty four man or sixty eight man tournament in MMA, it'll make the March Madness NCAA basketball tournaments feel like a slumber party. And also, hey, man, got, here's the other thing as well. Man, Brown, uh, it, will, it, it will be hot. It will be the hottest thing, though. Brown also told me that he that he told he talked to Scott Coker and said, you know, hey, you're looking for any any lightweights in Ryzen, you know, give me a call. I mean, Bellator, excuse me. Um... So then, you have the partnership. You got more lightweights in Bellator as well. You got Primus, a uh, Primus. You got you got Sa- the assassin Sadawad. You got Benson Henderson. You got even more yeah, people. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing Benson Henderson fight in Japan again. Also, Only this time not for the octagon. Oh, and if I got the mention as well, Brown did say he would be interested in fighting. Um, I forgot which of the Pitbull brothers. Um, one of them. Patricio and or Patricky. Yeah, he could fight both of them, you know, in the same year. Since they're man, you, I, man, this lightweight Grand Prix when it happens this is probably going to be like the most stacked tournament, depending on how many slots Heck, it is. You, I wonder if any Bellator representatives will be in it. Get Goji Yamaguchi sure. as well for the for a tournament. I'm pretty sure, like, if Deep has any lightweights, I'm pretty sure Deep and the other and like and Shudo and them are going to probably put their lightweight representatives in the tournament if they have anybody in that weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could do sixteen. You can do 16 with, with this tournament. Not 64. You probably could, but I don't want 64. You could do 60, and then, you know, an alternate, you know. Yeah, have Yachi and uh, Tyson Ozawa as an alternate. You can even have three or four alternates if you'd like as well. But that's how stacked the division is. Um, I bet you they pay freaking Luis Gustavo to go uh, lightweight for the Grand Prix. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would offer him good money, you know. To go up to a lightweight. I mean... You know Vanderlei would make that offer for him. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Too bad we can't get felony uh, felony in there to do any of his crazy antics. Yeah, a felony Charles Minute, because not only has he not won since that seven-second knockout of Philip Manuel Kimura in a rising ring, but he has got a, 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 a rap sheet and a, longer than both his arms. Yep, and a big, a very big criminal record, and you know how Japan is with that. What about uh? What about Kimura? Do you think he'll make a return to Ryzen again? Well, if he decides to think about making a return to MMA, I wouldn't mind seeing Philip Manuel Kimura, you know, get a chance to compete again in the Ryzen ring or in any MMA type of combat. Just as, as long as he's not uh, with one. Has Kimura fought since the since then? In kickboxing, yes. In MMA, no. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, but I feel like this is going to be a very crazy lightweight Grand Prix once we know who's going to be in it, who's going to qualify to be in it. Oh, it's going yeah, to be so exciting. Of course, well, it, wouldn't put it, past me if we, it wouldn't put it past me if they actually, if they put the, if they make a championship for the lightweight. They should. They absolutely should. Alas. But alas, I feel that having a super bantamweight title, a bantamweight title is actually a good starting, a starting point. Yes, but we'll think about it once we get there because we actually have talked about the fight twice as long as the actual fight happened. So can we please move on? Yeah, let's do it. What do we got next? Okay. In the women's, I don't even want to call it heavyweight, women's <laughs> open weight division at this 102 and a half kilograms or 226 pounds, the that's a huge bitch division. <laughs> I choose battle. Yep. We had two, ki- Gabri- two in the ring. Yep. Gabrielle Lemos, Gabby Garcia defeated kickboxer Barbara Bobby Nefumuseno via submission. Key line. 235 round one. Garcia oh. up the record to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Gabby can cross friggin' Barbara off the list of people who have talked about it, talked crap about her behind her back. I'm sorry, Christian. Yeah. Well, can you go over the uh, what, what their uh, what the records were again? Yeah, sorry. Six and zero with one no contest for Barbara Nepomuceno. This was her overall mixed martial arts debut. What? Do you have her kickboxing record? Uh, her kickboxing record was three and two. Okay, that's not... It is three and two, actually. Yeah, um, I, I kind of want to... I, I kind of need to bring mention to this. I don't know if you guys know, but you know this was Ryzen versus Road FC, right? Oh, yeah, it was. It was, because <laughs> Nepomul Stando was signed to Road FC, as is Garcia. Yeah, this, this was Ryzen versus Road FC in this match. Uh-huh. Just to, make, just to you know, make sure that you know, we got that in there. Mm-hmm. And as for the post-fight notes from Mike Skite of MMASucker.com, Barbara Nepomuceno hopes to return to Japan and fight once again for Ryzen, but is interested in a kickboxing rules bout with Gabby Garcia. And she says that she and Gabby shared a nice moment after the fight, a little touching moment of embrace, so to speak. As for Garcia, she target she was supposed to have won via knockout because she targeted that way, but she was happy to get the submission. She says that Ryzen officials have spoken to her about fighting under kickboxing rules in the future. She considers herself <clears throat> a Brazilian woman with a Japanese soul. 
Meaning she's going to do well, And look Grand Prix, yeah, fat fucking, yeah, fat fucking chance. And yeah, she wants right, yeah. to fight against Shinobu Kondor. Oh, yes. Can you, we she need to talk about what happened after the fight. What happened? So, we have Gabby Garcia tapping out uh, uh, Barbara, Bobby, with a uh, American, I believe it was, key lock yeah. submission. And then what happened after? Christian, tell us what happened. What happened was, basically what happened was Gabby Garcia tried to say her post-fight speech, but Shinobu Kondori raided the ring. She did a running lady gang. Yeah, LLPWX. LLPWX old lady gang. They're not an old lady gang. These are legends in this wrestling business. I know, and they would probably kick my ass from pillar to post. Don't forget, that woman who did the running was a politician. I want you to remember that. Yeah, of course, of course. But the point of the matter is... Do you think that a fight between like, Shinobu Kondori and Gabby Garcia would probably be for I, ratings? Yes. I have an I have an idea. I have an idea that would that can make that will that will make it work. You do a grappling match. What? A, a, a professional wrestling match or just submission grappling? No, no, no. So grappling match, quintet style. In the rising ring. You know, Gabby yes, Garcia out, would murder. J- Shinobu yeah, Kandori. Well, yeah, well, well, you give Shinobu what she wants and you get it over with. I want to see an MMA fight. That's a match to make. That you, you yeah, but if, yeah, but yeah, but you know, but if, but you know, but you know, but if you, but if you can't get it to go that way, then you just do a grappling match. Kandori wants that fight. She she ran into the ring. <laughs> she ran into the ring challenging Garcia. She had to be pulled away by four pe- four or five people. I uh, shoot. Takako Inoue, Yumiko Hata, I sh- and uh, the staff. Yeah, I. Uh, that's that's a fight to make next. And I'm like, I'm like, what did Gabby do? What did she say that pissed her off so much? Oh, nothing. Was she, dis- was she disrespecting pro wrestling? No, she did nothing. She didn't say anything because Shinobu was supposed to fight her initially, but remember she got that rib injury, uh, and then Hota had to take over the take the take the reins. Shinobu wants to wants to, I believe, avenge her friend's loss. You know, that's a very, you know, it's a very well, Japanese thing. Me, I feel they should just do a, do a match in LLPWX. Is LLPWX even around anymore? No, it's not. Uh, yes. Is it? When I went on each match, they actually had a show, I think, last like last year. They must be drawing like two people because I haven't heard anything from LLPW in a long time. <laughs> well, LLPW was one of the, uh, the Joshi, um, Japanese indies. Oh, yeah. Um, they never really had a, uh, TV deal in the 90s. I, I, I could be wrong on that. But they were, I mean? they were basically the shoot style. They were basically UWFI style for, for Joshi at the time. Yeah, like they were, they, yeah, they were doing, you know, re- you know, they were still doing wrestling, but they also did, like, shoot matches also. Yeah. Um, I say, I'm sorry, I say do the, do an MMA match. I know people are going to say, oh, freak fights, freak fights, circus show, yada, yada, yada. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, shut up, because freak fights uh, draw money. Exactly. This is, a, this is a fight to make. This is a, if you want to talk about drawing money, this is, you know, this is a, a, a ready from that, from that, how that, all those after the fight shenanigans, that's what, that's how you, that's how you draw money to a fight, to the next fight. Because now I'm interested. You know, I know a lot of people give shit for the Conor Khabib thing, but you know what? That made him, the fight more interesting, and that's why more people tuned into that fight. It wasn't a, this wasn't of that level, but you know what? I'm interested. 
And we all know... Oh, you saw the, how the crowd reacted. Exactly, yeah. They, they, they want to see that match. I, and I think it's, you know, for, for Ryzen not to do it would be, that'd be leaving money on the table. And besides, all Gabby left and turn her down and, and go for it and just, and just tap her out. That's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, but here, uh, real quick, real quick. Yeah, do you so, think we'll ever see Barbara Nepomuceno fight in MMA again? I mean, do you think she'll be fighting more in Road FC this year than in Ryzen? Well, she- he signed, well, well, she signed a road FC, so you already know that they're gonna they're gonna be ta- they're gonna be using her in fights. They could put her against that one that one woman I hate. Who? Yoshiko. Oh Spock. yeah, that's a fight out. <laughs> that's a fight I would love to Yoshiko see. Hirano, the ghastly match queen. Yeah, you fuck his fucker. That's why for what she did to Akiyasukawa. Um, you know that that'd be a great match to have. Uh, Yoshihiko versus uh, Gabby Garcia. That would be great. I would love to see that match. Ryzen or Road FC, I don't care. I really don't care. Yeah, no, 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 because I, no, I feel that, you know, Ak never got justice for what happened to her in 2014. Do you know that the people that still defend Yoshiko over that, they say that Ak Yazakawa was being a bully or something? Or like some... No, she went into business for herself in the match. Yeah, she nearly killed her. Ak was the, Ak was the constant professional in the match. She, was, she could have killed her. She really could have killed her in that ring. Uh, I mean, it, it could have also made Star. Why do you think Yoko Kimura ran in the ring? She was gonna freaking shoot on her, and all the heels had to separate her. Cause and Yoshiko immediately backed away. She wanted no part of Yoko Kimura. That could have killed Stardom. Shit like that could have killed the entire promotion. You know, if somebody no, could have killed Joshi Wrestling in general. No, because yeah, because remember, you know, like not to change subjects. Sorry for changing subjects, but you know, Stardom, you know, is a family friendly, you know, promotion. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what makes that so messed up even more? Axe parents were in the crowd that night. Damn. Uh, with, I think this one journalist who was following Axe's career. Regarding Road FC, though, um, you have to put her, you have to put Barbara Nepu. How do you pronounce her last name again, Christian? Napamusano. against opponents that have like no wrestling or ground game. You have to, because... doesn't have a wrestling or ground ring. She's going to punch you in the eye. Exactly, yeah. Um, and by the way, Gabby's boxing has gotten actually a lot better as well. I don't think she was... I don't know if she could have won on the, on the, on the uh, standing up, but her b- boxing is significantly better than what it used to be. You kind of just... Would you say her striking would probably need to get better if she ends up having a fight against... Kondori or pro- possibly Veronica Futina? Uh, against Veronica Futina? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Futina doesn't, doesn't want that work anymore. Um, Gabby, already, Gabby already beat her already. She has nothing to prove to, uh, oh, to, to her anymore. Damn, my bad. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, you think of, of Catalina Cole? Maybe she would have a fight against Katja Kavaleva. That's what I was thinking. I'm sorry, you got me. Uh, I got confused. Um, Yeah, if it's against Kavaleva, yeah, absolutely. Not only because of the height difference, uh, uh, but uh, also experience. What about a rematch with, uh, with uh, Destiny Yarborough? No, uh, uh, no. I don't. If anybody deserves a rematch against Gabby, I think it's Lady Tapa. Yeah, but Lady Tapa. Uh, I mean, amateur. yeah, I would probably agree with you that Lady Tapa would probably want a rematch against Gabby Garcia, but if Lady Tapa is either going to be doing amateur boxing or probably much like Jazzy Gabbard as of yesterday. January the 12th, going to the WWE, then oh, I think I'm sorry. Wait, oh, I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing WWE Devils. 
Yeah, she signed with NXT UK, so pretty much she's yeah, with she them. Wait, hold on. Lady Tapa signed with NXT? No. Jazzy no. Cabrera did. Oh, ja- oh, I thought she Lady wasn't. Tapa I thought is going the same direction. I wouldn't mind seeing Crystal Brolic Strokes face off against Gabby Garcia. I thought she didn't. probably be like an execution. <laughs> I, I thought she, uh... Oh, wow, yeah, you're right. Okay, so no alpha female um, for uh, yeah. Gabby. No, no. Well, let me tell you something, Andrew. The only reason why WWE could not get uh, a jazzy way from the first Mayon Classic was because when she was going through the medicals, um, they felt she had herniated discs in her neck, mm-hmm. so they couldn't really sign her. Um... Oh yes, yeah, I remember That's that now. Fighting for Ryzen during that because she because they fit around that time either. What about um? What about a rematch with that uh, Oksana Gagol Gagol Gagolovet? Oh, yeah. Oh screw, oh screw her! That 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 quitter. <laughs> I think. No, I poke. I mean, it was a no contest. You know, fight never was officially finished. Um, the fight never really got started either. Exactly. Yeah. Um, maybe... Yeah, but after an accidental eye poke, then that, that, you have no heart. Mm-hmm. So, we all pretty much concluded on this match. Do y'all want to move on to the I just main feel, event before the main event? I just feel bad for Teep. Uh, Teep really wanted to talk about this, and unfortunately he's, uh, he's incapacitated. I tried reaching yeah, him. Yeah, that, that damn one championship. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, they pretty much put him in a well, sleep. Actually, quick, quickly, quickly, when they gave her the microphone, I think it was, or during the post-fight press conference, she said she'd be interested in a, in a women's heavyweight Grand Prix. What do you think, guys, think about that? I mean, how I mean, many damn big girls are you going to find all over the world that are going to be willing to stand and trade not, with Gabby Garcia? He's not a miracle worker. And also, half of them are in the WWE, unfortunately. Uh, sad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how many um, women heavyweights are there? Or middleweight? Not that fucking many. You might have to repeat a lot of people that and Gabby's already I'm, beat. And I'm legit asking a ser- an honest question a serious question here how many are there out there probably you know I, I wonder you know that, that that gladiator fighting team from Russia probably has the most I'm gonna guess cause if we were to do that we would have to like scour the ends of the earth we would have to get ninjas to and have them like scour the ends of the earth you know what I mean I have no problem doing and that yeah, and even if we find any, how how much you want to bet some of them are under contract? Or how much you would want to bet that some of those fat chicks would probably gas out the second they face off against Gabby? Oh, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. You know, y'all, yeah, yeah, you know, Yarborough is with Road FC. Barbara's with Road FC. Futina is with Road FC. Lady Topman probably won't be available as much since she's taking, uh, probably might, might be out doing boxing. Cyborg is with UFC still. Well, here's the thing is, well... Actually, you brought up a great point. Um, well, actually, here's the thing as well. Road FC works with, with Ryzen. We had, we, you know, Jehoon Moon had the fight at Yarinoka. So I don't think ro- working, getting people from Road FC would be a problem. But you actually brought up a very interesting point. So Cyborg has only one more match on her fight uh, contract for UFC. And presuming it may not even be a rematch uh, to, uh, with Amanda Nunes for the featherweight title. So do you think that, you know, after... 
her one fight contract presumably doesn't get renewed. You think we could see her in Ryzen? She probably wouldn't. Have... Awesome. No, I, if, if you were to do a coin flip, I'd say 50 50 because Cyborg has said publicly that she wants to go into pro boxing. Well, here, the other uh, thing as well is you have to. She does wanna, I, mostly because she does want to possibly face off against Clarissa T Rex Shields. Also, here's the other thing as well. She does train with Gabby Garcia. She's been in her corner before for her matches in Ryzen. So, you know, th- those two definitely wouldn't have a fight. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think, and, and odds are, if Cyborg did leave UFC, she would probably go to Bellator since she has a closer relationship with Scott Coker. Ah, yes. And then that's when, that's when Ryzen slips through the cracks and be like, Hey, we're friends with Bellator. Come so over here. That would happen is, you know, Cyborg would have to be with Bellator, and even if they couldn't get her on a card, on, on a rising card, if we did a cross-promotional card that they want to do this year, uh, we might see her maybe on a cross-promotional card. But like I said, that's a coin flip, and that's just like, you know, a 50-50, because I don't know what's going on with Cy- in Cyborg's head. You don't. Gary, I know you don't. Um, and also, you know, it's who, who gives her the better offer. Hmm. Indeed. And we would have to watch out because, you know, one would, would be foaming at the mouth, too. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, we talked a lot more about this match more than anything. And obviously we talked way longer than the fight actually took place and the post-fight mishaps. So can we please move on? Oh, but it was so fun to fight. But yes, we can go on ahead. Yes. Oh, now okay. we're going to be doing okay. the now we're going to be doing the semi main part one, the one that you know we're probably going to be having varying um, opinions, and we're probably going to be on this and, one at length. And actually, if you want to talk about talk about antics in the ring, can't wait to talk about this one. Yeah, but first, but first, let's talk about the main event before for the main events, and that was a light heavyweight contest. Between Yuli Dinesha Prohaska of Bruno in the Czech Republic versus Huntington Beach, California, USA native and former Bellator middleweight champion Brandon the Bull Halsey. And in this match, Prohaska defeated Halsey via tap out due to strikes at 6 minutes and 30 seconds into the Pride Rules first round, which was 10 minutes long. Now, before oh, I get yeah. to the post-fight, I mean, before I get to the post-fight notes from my Skype, do any of y'all have any opinions about what happened in the six um, minutes and thirty seconds of this bout? <laughs> I, I, oh, oh, I have some. I gotta say, I, I don't. Brandon should not be fighting in Rising again. This guy, this what? jackass, was intentionally throwing himself out of the ring, trying to like fake it, and it was like caught it was on the yeah, do you remember when he, when it looked like he, like he, we were thinking, oh, did Yuri accidentally, like, push him out? No, he threw himself out of the ring onto the floor to fake an injury. Huh. Wow. It's actually funny. When I was watching this, I thought he... Intentionally stalling them. He was intentionally stalling. I thought he tripped at first. I thought that he lost his balance and maybe he fell out of the ring. Uh, and, you know, but then when he showed it on the replay in slow-mo, he clearly w- f- flung himself under the ropes or whatever, between the second and third ropes. I yeah, couldn't he threw, believe yeah, he it. Through, he threw himself through the ropes to the, to the ground. And then said that his back was hurting or something? Yes, dude, because you threw yourself out of the ring. Well, here's the thing as well. Here's the thing. If, his, if, if he was complaining about his back, shouldn't the referee have just ended the match there? If he was not in a condition... I, I, think, he, I think he was faking it. 
Well, no, that's the thing is that if he's faking the injury, regardless, if he's if he's taking that long to say, "Ow, my back, my back," referee should have just said, "Okay, I'm waving this off. If you can't come in the ring like right now, I'm waving this off." He, he went in, yeah, he clearly went in the ring. But like, no, he took he took at least a minute or two. He took way too long to get back in that ring. If I was a referee, I would have disqualified him. Said it's a, I would have ruled it, ruled it a TKO. Yeah, and then, you know, ended, and then whenever he wasn't getting the advantage, he was trying to throw himself out of the ring again. Oh yes, he did that twice, and they had the and he got the yellow card eventually. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm wondering, did he get an eighty percent cut off his purse for that? I think it's. So. I believe it, I think it's. I think it's twenty percent, if I remember correctly. Let me let me check on that. I think it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's twenty percent. Oh, uh, by the way, also well, important to mention, uh, Christian, this was the first round was ten minutes, the second round was five minutes. Only fight to do that yeah. on this card. That's Jiri's yeah, specialty. The Jiri's yeah, yeah, specialty. The ten, first round, ten minutes. Yeah. Friggin' Brandon was trying to, like, was tr- almost had the fight won, but Jiri, with sheer willpower, was able to get out of the rear naked choke. And then the yeah, sooner happened, you know, Brandon crazy. was like, it's you know, to me because Brandon had the fight won numerous times in that six minutes and 30 seconds. He basically let his own idiocy take the fight in control for himself. Yeah, and also, why the hell would you throw yourself out of the out of the ring? I'm like, what are you thinking? Are you rehearsing to be in the WWE Royal Rumble? Huh. Here's the other thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Like, he's basic, like he basically said in the post-fight notes from Mike Skype, he wants to be a heavyweight and he probably wants to do more stupid shit. Yeah, also, he, you know, he had the guillotine choke on. He cut Jiri, uh, cut Jiri open. Um, during this fight, uh, also Frank Trigg said on commentary that, that, uh, that, that Jiri doesn't have a good fight IQ, which I thought was totally ridiculous. I have no idea how he I thought. Think, uh, maybe it was because of, I think maybe he was saying that maybe uh, from maybe like some careless mistakes Jiri may have made in. But whenever he, he gets these, Jiri manages to get out of them. You know, he did that with, uh, Carl Albrechtson. He was losing that yeah. fight and then came back with that one. Um... Yeah. Yeah, for him to say he has no uh, a low, uh, a not good fight IQ, I think was totally ridiculous. Um, oh, and by the way, also I will the one thing that Halsey I enjoyed uh, him coming out with that Skyrim helmet. That was like the one good thing he did during this fight. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. One, yeah, he didn't do the one thing though. If you're wearing the Skyrim helmet and you're coming out to the Skyrim music, why didn't he yell out Fusroda? Um, also, also during the, <laughs> the post-fight press conference. Um, Halsey, and now this may be an answer to why he did what he did. Halsey, Halsey said that he had a game plan, but he broke his thumb early in the match. So, which is why he kind of it was hard to get the choke around Jiri. Um, and then after yeah, that, what point did he break his thumb though? Huh. I'm trying to remember. I mean, think about the thumb is the hardest finger to break. Oh yeah, I'm trying to. I'm looking at my notes right now. I'm trying to see what he may have done. He went for a single leg and did take his back. You know, it's possible that you know you just he just broke his thumb during, during during that movement or going for the guillotine choke. Um, Jerry was fighting out of it very hard. Um, also, you know what? Him falling out of the ring may have broken his thumb as well. Yeah, that didn't do you any favors. Like, why the hell would you like? So you know, anything you. Why would you throw yourself out of the ring? Here's the thing, you know what he it's may like, have done? It's like, it's like old school NWA where you lose by ring up. He may have realized <laughs> that his th- he may have realized that his th- his thumb was broken 
And that's why he was stalling because if he if, if the referee saw that his thumb was broken, referee would have certainly call off, call off the fight. I'm just thinking of reasons why he did what he did because it was in, it was not it was it baffled me his behavior during this match. Yeah, this is like high levels of Rosenstruck. Uh, this is worse than Rosenstruck. This was this was during the actual match. Yeah, but the only thing uh, is, real when it comes story. down to that, Halsey's not going to get a UFC contract because of it. He's just going to get ridiculed. Yeah. <laughs> but it, can you imagine if uh, if this if this idiot was fighting in the UFC, he tries to throw himself out of the octagon? It can't, no, can yeah, you this? This guy was this, he was Bellator champion, middleweight champion at some point. He's had a had a great a great a great uh, one off series with a Kovalev. Uh, Wait, did you hear what Scott Coker said to freaking uh, Halsey during the fight? What did he say? What did he say? There's a guy here. Say cut the bullshit that's said to him. <laughs> oh, I think he told Halsey to cut the bullshit. Well, somebody on Halsey's Halsey's team yelled, "Suck that shit in right now." Yeah, I'm wondering was that his coach or was I think that was his coach. Was he in the Was he in the crowd? Oh, and by the way, also after the fight, I don't know if you heard. Uh, Jerry was yelling after he won. Jerry was yelling to uh, Halsey, "How's your back now?" <laughs> in pure English, I mean, in complete English, right? Yeah. Oh, his English is good. His English is very good. Yeah, uh, Brandon. Yeah, Halsey made it left a very bad. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Scott Coker was pretty oh, embarrassed. Speaking of Bellator, performance uh, and behavior. Speaking of Bellator, uh, Teep, are you here? I am barely. Okay, we're we're talking about the Halsey Jiri match. Um, if you remember that match, we just want to get you want to get your give your thoughts on on Halsey and Jiri. Keep on, guys. I'm battling this thing. I'm I'm convinced. I gotta get a new phone. Oh shit! Poor. Yeah. No, but I feel I I, I feel that you know that Halsey embarrassed Scott Coker. Oh like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. because that was embarrassing. Former middleweight champion. And all champions of Bellator's past and present. Well, well, I, I would say I agree with you. Said, here's what Jerry Prohaska said in Mike Skype's notes. He was obviously disappointed in the performance of that bout and aims to work on his grappling. He says that the fight with Halsey was very intense because Halsey was so strong. Yeah. He admits to being in danger during the fight. Obviously, he knows Halsey oversold those ring exits. And potentially, potentially this year, Prohaska wants a rising light heavyweight title bout to happen. I think that's fair. Yeah, a lot of people are demanding titles for Prohaska to be made here. Um, It should happen. Women's heavyweight, too. Ah, we were talking about that before, Teep. I agree with that. I agree with that. Come on, they got the number one in the world. They can put a belt on it. Yeah, but where are we going to find women heavyweights? No, no, or middleweights, for that matter. Oh, it's open weight, though. You just have to be more than, say, you know, 160 pounds a night for the fight. It's open weight, just the faces. Then you get featherweight and the, and the biggest of former bands and weight. And just let them give it a shot. Hey, Randy fought Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. Like but when it seven. comes down to picking potential opponents for Gabby Garcia... You're not going to find them looking through world star hip-hop seeing all these big girl fights. You might have to. <laughs> you, might, you might have to find some chonk opponents for her. Well, you got to find some of the, the largest judo players in the world 
and see if there are some professional wrestlers who want to come over. They can go, you know, there's the jazzy fight, there's, but there's like open weight fights. Um, yeah, to keep the jazzy fights not happening, she signed with NXT UK. Jazzy sold her soul to the WWE. Um, but good, good tip. Um, if you can, can you just tell us what you thought of, of Halsey's antics during his fight with Jiri? Ring bit. Yeah. Do you yeah Do you agree that he embarrassed uh, Scott Coker? Uh, no, I don't think he's been. I, I don't think he fought the belt for like like he's not active in the belt for roster. Trying to remember where his last fight was. But no, I don't think so. But I think he made, you know, it's never a good look when, you, when you're over selling you like just when it's obviously a little bit theatrical. Like um, when Karatanov hit right now, top of the knee. Yeah, so and it got, he, yeah, and it got caught on camera too. Right. <gasps> I've gotten very good, but he was, he was flopping around a bit extra. He's a tough guy, you know, and then afterwards he was kind of chilling. It was like, you don't need to do that, man. There already been a few times. Remember when Josh Koscheck used to, did that with, uh, I think it was against Johnny Hendricks? Was it against, maybe against, I don't remember if it was against Hendricks, but yeah, Josh Koscheck did something like that where he pretended that he was poking the eye even though it was nowhere near his eye. Yeah. And then oh, and uh, by the way, Teep, Halsey's last Bellator fight was back on June 17, 2016 in a triangle choke submission loss to John Salter. Oof. In last fight, he came back. You know, he lost to Lovato and came back strong. Um, but I think, well, here's the thing. Jerry wants Crow Cop. Should Jerry get Crow Cop? Yes. I'd say for, for, for Crow Cop's last fight. T, what do you think? Hey, hold on one second. I grab my charger. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, but, but my argument, but my argument for, 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 for Yuri to get that fight, he needs to beat, um, Crow Cop's, uh, apprentice. Again, though, that, he have to go up the heavyweight. Uh, Ante, Ante D'Elia, I think, I think it is, uh, is a heavyweight. And he would be, cons- uh-huh. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but hasn't Yuri fought for both, uh, for both weight classes? He has, but he's lost, he's lost two fights at heavyweight in, in, uh, in Ryzen. He might so not think. Krokop fights at light heavyweight and heavyweight. No, Krokop doesn't fight at light heavyweight. Uh, what does he usually fight at? Heavyweight. Yeah, because we're well. Yeah, well, for Yuri to fight Krokop, he needs to go heavyweight. That's true. That's true. But I, but so he would still have he would still have to fight the dude anyway if it, in a heavyweight fight. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but here's the thing as well. Because what you want? What you want? Krokop to like to try to do the weight cut and get injured? No, but here's the thing. I, I would. I would. I, they wouldn't. I don't think they would fight. They. Uh, they would fight at some sort of at some sort of middle ground for heavyweights. Uh, Krokop and and uh, Jiri. Uh, Ante, Ante Delia though. I don't know what it, what his what his MMA future is though, because uh, he only had one fight in Ryzen and, and it was not an impressive win at all. Um. Well, yeah, you feed him, then you feed him the year. And I'm trying to, let's see. Yeah, in fact, actually, that was his, la- his last fight was only last year. He hasn't fought since then. So, yeah, I don't... Well, and if he's a... You feed him to Yuri, and then... But here's the thing, if he's a prospect, you don't really want to... If, if, if Delia is a prospect, you don't really want to feed him, I don't think, to, um... To Jiri. That could be bad for, for Jiri. Or it could be bad for Delia as well. I like the idea of Jiri and uh, Krokop. It sounds like a pretty good fight unless Fedor is available to fight Krokop. 
Well, that depends on... Well, Fedor right now is still in that heavyweight Grand Prix right now. Uh, if you just think about it, like, Jerry's... The, yeah, he is. But Jerry's, like, the best white heavyweight in Ryzen. Outside of the U.S. team, that was probably the best. Well, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but my argument is that for the Krokov fight to happen, he needs to go heavyweight, because Krokov fights at heavyweight, yeah, usually. He was, grand, he was in the 2015 heavyweight Grand Prix. He'll just not cut weight. Uh, I just don't like the idea of putting, of putting a prospect like D'Elia against Jiri, because if Jiri beats him, that puts, a, that, puts a little, that puts another L on D'Elia. And, but, you know, you don't want your prospects to, to get to accumulate losses. You want them to accumulate wins. Uh, and Jerry, you know, if he loses to Delia, then you know, then you make can make the argument that the fight with Krokop does not happen at all. And you know, if 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 he wants to if if he wants to retire Krokop, if he's going to retire, I think it'd be a very good match to go out on against Jerry. Yeah. It'd be, a, it'd be or, a, he might, or he might do a Terry Funk and be like, I will never retire. It'd be a good. It would be good. It would be good. A a good um. What you may call it, uh, da, da, da. it it'll be it'll be a good passing of the torch if um if he were to uh, win that match, uh, Jiri. Yeah, 